All right, y'all, we've uh, achieved it. We've reached the weekend, uh, also the first day of March. Uh, that is in uh, 2024, for those of you catching us live here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. A great day of broadcasting is uh, just waiting to be unleashed, <laughs> and that includes our two, our good buddy, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center, who joins us usually every other Friday when I'm not traveling. So so uh, looking forward to that. We've got a lot to discuss. We have a hot homeopathic hit today you don't want to miss. And let's see, there's so many stories. I, I'm not even going to preview, just, just tune in. And then when we get to uh, Michael Bolden, the 10th Amendment Center, you know what a, a wild and raucous time we have, especially if Super Don decides to open up his camera and microphone. Uh, so robertscottbell.com slash live is now the way. Share that out. We're going to post it up on the social medias that we're not banned on, including X or Twitter. And if you're watching or sharing on a Rumble, whatever, please share the show because the power to heal is yours. And I'm here just to remind you of that and occasionally put some of those pieces of the puzzle together for you. I was just racing from a training I was doing with a physician group uh, that uh, is doing quite innovative work in, in caring for their patient population with what we call natural remedies, medicine, supplements, including the use of bioactive silver, hydrosol, and copper hydrosol. So I may have some of those things on my mind to share with you as well as we get this party started. So, Super Don, hit it. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty, here's Robert Scott Bell. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like I have to do a drive-by uh, to do my own show. Uh, and it's one of those days here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's the drive-by version, uh, just running by in the midst of doing so much outside of our broadcast a uh, couple hours together. Let me see if I'm, I think I'm with you now. Uh, just coming off of a training, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, as I, I said, I've dedicated my life to bringing the power to heal back where it belongs, which I believe is with each and every one of you. And, and for those of you who need additional support, you may seek out the help of a health professional of some kind. Now, whether it be a licensed medical doctor, physician, or a lay practitioner of some kind, I am not here to tell you which way to go necessarily, but to find people that have the, uh, the integrity and the heart of a real healer. I've also said that the healing that you may be desiring or desirous of is not just about finding the right remedy or remedies or the right supplement or supplements, but it's being guided to those things at ever, every moment in your life. And we are so distracted by so much, including being raised in the Western world to perceive or believe that every symptom, ailment, illness, cough, sneeze, gag, and wheeze is the result of a deficiency of synthetic pharmacological products patented and then approved of by government agencies like the U.S. FDA. And so there's a lot to overcome to get to the point where you might even be willing to listen to a show like mine and go, wait a second, he doesn't, he doesn't believe we have a drug, I, have a, I don't have a drug deficiency? No, you don't. None of us do. Yet I was raised through that to come to this point of assessment that even though there is a place, as there is on this planet for a lot of different things, it's not every place, right? If we talk about the use of, and, and this is part of what I was talking with this doctor's group about, 
the recognition that we have systemic, ongoing, unremittent inflammatory cascades or disorders. Fancy way of saying you're in pain a lot because you've got inflammation. Now, there may be other reasons for pain in terms of nerve firing, misfiring, things like that. But inflammation is a huge part of this. There are a lot of FDA-approved pharmaceutical drugs, some off-patent generics, much less latest, greatest pain-killing drugs or anti-inflammatories that can temporarily alleviate your suffering, your symptoms. But the question is at what cost long-term if it results in the destruction of your liver, your immune system, your gastrointestinal tract, your pancreas, your gallbladder, on and on it goes. And so, you know, teaching the doctors who didn't know this because their training was somewhat limited by the Flexner Report of 1910 all the way forward in medical school, the good docs out there, and there are many, have gone beyond their education to do things that maybe threaten them with loss of license because licensure isn't necessarily about protecting the public from bad doctors or people who are not qualified, but it's to control what the doctors are allowed to do or any industry. It's a, it's a monopolistic ec economic practice, not one that protects the public. It stifles innovation. And, you know, I have friends in the medical community that are quite innovative, doing extraordinarily good work, sometimes integrating, sometimes, uh, you know, as they, as they get more skilled and schooled in what we call natural medicine principles, they may not even need to resort to the drugs at all, maybe. Uh, so these are good things. These are trends that are positive. But if we look again to government to govern our behavior, we're asking for a bunch of buffoons and bureaucrats that may have no medical or any natural medicine training at all to say that's not the standard of care. And you're like, define that standard of care. And they can't, they won't. But they become the controlling, governing, limiting factor in your ability to access healers who would heal, who would help you to heal. So uh, just a philosophical opening to the Robert Scott Bell Show as we're heading into the weekend here. Uh, it's you, me, and Super D for the first hour. And then uh, Michael Bolden scheduled for hour two from 10th Amendment Center. And I always love doing some, uh, uh, let's say, healing discussions of a wide variety, including addressing the body politic with Michael Bolden. He is uh, the 10th Amendment Center extraordinaire uh, and doing, doing great work there as well. Uh, so let me see what else I want to talk to you about as I'm opening the show today. Cause it's, I guess it's a drive by. I just show up. It's like, Oh, the show's on. Thank you. Super Don for opening that wide. Here we are. Here's what I want to share with you. Now, what occurs to me yesterday? I don't know if you missed it or if you attended, if you did, you were hopefully richly rewarded with the information I was able to share with you. I was hosting a special webinar on nitric oxide and more related to the nervous system, neurological health, brain nervous system issues. And Josh Hewlett, the son of the founder, John Hewlett of Cardio Miracle was with me. And I've known him for a couple of years now, but I didn't know a lot of his backstory, which was uncovered in an extraordinary way. I was like blown away with what we were able to share. And I'm going to say it to you this way. If you know anybody who has had a diagnosis of MS, multiple sclerosis, brain, lesions on the brain, related to that. And those folks that diagnose you will often say there's no cure. The only thing we can hope to do is manage it, the symptoms with heavy medication, drugs that are immunosuppressant, anti-inflammatories that could end up destroying your liver and making everything worse over time. Or maybe we can enter you into some kind of new drug clinical trial 
We'll even pay you a little bit of money, but you're likely going to be ending up suffering and dead from it when it doesn't work. And even if it did work, it's not going to be a true cure because they don't address the reason why it occurs or these neurological degradation diseases occur. One of the most profound, we, it, we did it in less than an hour. I think we did it like 48 minutes. And if you didn't sign up, sorry, I don't know if you're SOL, Super Don will tell me if you have access to that afterwards, but I, I would ask you to sign up for the newsletter to get to stay connected to these things that are quite profound because in this less than an hour thing that I did with, with Josh, we talked through from 15 years ago, a severe diagnosis of MS to gone, none 15. And it didn't take 15 years to get there, but super Don, I was so excited with yesterday's special webinar that I want everybody to see it somehow, some way. Yeah. Well, um, it does turn out that, uh, I do have access to the replay. Oh, okay. So, um, I would say, uh, if you are signed up for the newsletter, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this or not, but what, 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 uh, I think I'll just send it to, to anybody who is signed up for the newsletter. I'll just send it to you. Okay. Um, normally I think this goes out to people that registered. Yeah. That weren't able to make it but I'll make an exception here and I will send it out to everybody. So if you want to check it out, uh, just make sure you're signed up for the newsletter, uh, which you can do over at the website. Yeah. And uh, I'll send that out over the weekend. Excellent. Yeah. Well, and that, that is also a reason why to become patron supporters. Uh, I don't know what we got to do here, y'all. You come on and join us. The Zoom AMA. <laughs> I know. We haven't had anybody new in a while. Answered. Like the stuff we can do there, we can't do on the air. My gosh, is it valuable. So valuable. And, and many of you are part of it. You know what the value you've shared it. And a lot of the things we get to give away once a month as well. But a lot of the things you have access to, including the homeopathic hits uh, after the fact, beyond the PDFs, which we make available for free for everybody. Uh, but those of you who want to see and hear those homeopathic hits, that's available for our patron supporters exclusively. And there's a lot of other cool things that you can have access to. So uh, please consider that support. It makes this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible two hours a day, five days a week, plus live. And then a six-hour, if we will call it that, six-day, if you will, on Sundays, our Sunday conversation. So Anyway, I just wanted to get that out. Super D, thanks for holding the fort for me as I'm just like erasing from one meeting to the next to do the show today. It's just been wild. Dude, you are so, you know, I mean, I, I talk about being busy and I am. Yeah, you are. Uh, but it's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're busy uh, going 27 different directions plus traveling um, yeah. on top of yeah. the whole thing. So. And gearing up for that uh, next Thursday, flying out to Atlanta. Uh, for the Warner's event, and it's at the Hyatt Regency downtown. Just confirm that, and I'm always the last one to know. And that's the the it used to be the it's a revolving restaurant with the blue dome, but it used to be part of the skyline of Atlanta, and then Atlanta grew up around it. So many tall buildings, I don't know if you can even see it anymore. But what's interesting, and I said this the other day when we were talking about it, it's kind of like a little reunion for my broadcast because in 2004, I don't exactly remember when the. Uh, the Libertarian National Convention was in terms of the calendar that year. But that's where I met Michael Badnarik. He was the dark horse candidate for president for the Libertarian, and he won the nomination, and we became fast friends immediately at that point. And it was at that hotel, the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta, in 2004. So we're back 20 years later, basically. 
to broadcast also from uh, the Warner's event. If you could check the upcoming events tab, I'd love to see you there. And they often give you access if you'll register to, to see the exhibit hall, even if you don't see the other uh, presentations or CME, CE credits as well. Uh, so if you'd like to join me for that weekend and then the following weekend in uh, Lake Lanier, outside of Atlanta, Buford, uh, Georgia, for the next steps conference. We've got a couple of big events there before I got to go to Anaheim for the natural products expo West and uh, on and on it goes just, yeah, it's a bit dizzying the pace right now. Super Don really is. <laughs> yes. And on top of that, on top of everything that's going on now, we got to work on putting together our long COVID summit. Oh yeah. The masterclass. Good Lord. <laughs> How Why, not? Do it all. Why not? Why not? Just take Why it on. Not? What do you do? Give it to a busy guy and you, you get it done go all, all right. right what other any other announcements what's going on out there super d i know we've got some stories i want to hit yeah let's save the announcements you. for later because everybody tuned in to hear the news today oh really what's going on in the world that's live well not just I, your world yeah robertscottbell.com slash live if you're in the chat room please uh say hello let us know you're here whether you're watching on rumble or x or uh on our, on our website robertscottbell.com or facebook if it's called that or meta i don't even know i can't keep up with it it's still Facebook. It is okay. Twitter became X. Okay, but Facebook. I thought they is were still. trying to rename Facebook Meta or something. Yeah, well, it's the parent company is now Meta. Ah, so, so they can have like all these other things under the Meta name, including the whatever that thing is that they were trying to do on the internet, where you went into a, like a virtual reality world, and <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I can't remember. what I'm that not going to do it. It but. really didn't go anywhere. It, it was pretty. It was kind of a trip. What what it was the way they were trying to explain it, what it was going to be, where it's like you put on the goggles and stuff, and suddenly you're like in in like the Tron movie, you know, <laughs> yes. and you're like in it, and there's like buildings and stuff and whatever. But I don't think it ever really materialized. Mm -hmm. Everybody has all these grand ideas on what they're going to do with all this stuff. Yeah. Well, I I went back by the way to to go to kickbox today and. uh the How you feeling? Session. Considering you you predicted that I would be more sore the second day out, which is true always, and it was more sore overnight. You know, I'm sleeping and I can feel the muscles are sore. How I, how are Robert? How are your toes? Are your toes my, no, okay? My toes recovered. They did. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. My, I was concerned calves, about your toes. My calves or the gastrox, as you say, uh, yes. they're still sore. But I went in, I did it, no problem. Had a good workout. Uh, you'll be happy to know, like I'm in second place for the challenge of the week this week. I'm not going to win it. Super nice. You're happy. You don't have to celebrate. <laughs> uh, but uh, as I said, um, it, it was good to the, the soreness. I felt it was a good kind of sore. I didn't get injured again. This is pretty cool to be scrunched and crunched and thrown around and not get injured at 58. I'm happy about that. Just muscle soreness. And so, you know, the fitness level super D is you're going to go out and start working out, start slowly. Don't do it. Oh, I know. Once. Trust me. Right? I know. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm fully aware. Yes. I've, I've, I've done this, this thing before. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it's, I think it's just a guy thing. Because, you know, we're just, we're, we're like, you know, we're, we're Neanderthals, uh, you know, inside really, you know, we talk, go, go, rah, 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 you know, and so we get in there and the first thing we want to do is start bench pressing and, you know, <laughs> uh, curls and all the, you know, the biceps and all that kind of stuff like that. And we, you know, you just, if you haven't been doing that, uh, it, you can pretty much lay yourself out for a good week or two. Oh yeah. Uh, with injury. Oh, that's where injuries can happen oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 So no, for me, for me, it's cardio. Mm -hmm. 
the the other stuff you know i'm I'm not as concerned about to, to begin with it's just i need to work on getting my heart rate up and uh burning some calories and sweating and you know just starting slow mm-hmm. because i don't you know i uh i, I don't want to kill myself no i don't <laughs> go want to, to the gym yourself. right away yeah. exactly so, anyway all right it's so, blowing uh, snow out right now you i don't know what happened we, we've got yeah flurries but i mean it's just like heavy i somebody said six to eight inches uh over the weekend or something like that wow well so that's, that's some, some good uh late winter snow i think march now front yeah. final month of, of uh winter for some uh it goes on longer for some too in in this audience we got a lot of listeners in canada i don't know how long it lasts up there our alaskan yep. listeners how long but we're here for you Warm all right let's talk about the hopefully. fda yeah, let's do that. Uh, there's a couple of FDA stories. They're linked in the show notes at robertscabell.com today. The, tw- uh, the 1st of March, 2024. Uh, first update, MedPage today is reporting fe- uh, FDA announces end to forever chemicals in U.S. food packaging. PFAS chemicals. Yeah. I don't know how fast. I mean, could, this could be a, a phase out over the next 100 <laughs> years for all you know. I mean, Well, how and you know what it? the thing is? Here we are. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. You've been doing it longer than I have. But you can't help but be cynical about these things when, yeah. you, when, when you see these headlines, right? Because initially, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw this and I was like, all right. They've been listening to our show. Yeah. Uh, because we've been talking about this, you know, uh, more so over the last few weeks. Uh, since I started taking a look at the plastics and stuff. So when I saw this, I was just like, all right, hey, cool. Good job, FDA. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, we'll give credit where credit is due. So, you know, my my first question is, okay, so what's the hard deadline here? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's like when you, when you put out a headline like that, the end to forever chemicals, right? The, the, the key word there is what? End. Right. Right? Okay, so when is the end? Well, it turns out, that this uh, this announcement is a it's not a mandatory it's not like well I wouldn't say mandatory but it's it's a, basically it's an agreement mm-hmm. between the manufacturers and the FDA they got together and they said hey look you so know it's PFAs at, at your comfort level use all of the PFAS you've invested in <laughs> get that store it down stock it down and when it's gone stop here's the uh, history of it there was a, yeah. a market safety assessment that was done in 2020. That's when the FDA got together with the manufacturing groups. And they said, hey, look, this is a problem. What do you guys, what, what, what can we do here? The manufacturers uh, initially estimated that it would take up to 18 months to exhaust their supply of products uh, from the last date of sale, right? So they said 18 months. We're now in 2024. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they took a little longer than what they they thought they would. But this is not a, a, a thing where the FDA said, hey, look, this is poison, uh, you must stop this. It's a, a agreement you sure. know, with everybody. So but once it, once again, Cibri, you got to realize, and I know you do that if this were a dietary supplement ingredient, that's related to all the things the PFAS is do, mm-hmm. it would have been a mandatory withdrawal. And we're going to you know, arrest you and bankrupt you and put you in jail. It's like, how dare you leave, allow this to be on the market, the health food store industry, they're corrupt and all of that. And here it is. Volunteer. We'll come together. Hey, how much? How much do you have? How many years do you need? Take right. your time. Right. Yeah. You know, tell me that the regulatory agencies are protecting you and the environment. Uh. Uh-uh. That's naive. Da- dangerously naive. So the things that we're looking at here uh, mm-hmm. that that are best 
uh, or most known, let's say the, um, the 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 repeat offenders of PFAs, microwave popcorn bags. Mm-hmm. So if you do microwave popcorn, those apparently were full of PFAs. Fast food wrappers. Uh, if you're not eating fast food, I guess it doesn't matter, right? Uh, t- take out uh, like paper containers, you know, for like um, take home, you know, after the eat. Because basically, I guess it's the, the 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 substance that they put on the inside of things to keep it from getting greasy or stuff going through it. It's you know the the from penetrating the you know the cardboard or the paper or something like that. That that is, I guess, the worst source of this. Like the pizza boxes. Mm-hmm. Like if you order a pizza. Right, and they, they throw the pizza in the box. You open the box. If you, most of the time, anyway, the, you don't see the grease coming out the other side of the box. That's because it's got that substance on it that that stops the grease. Uh, pet right. food bags, bakery bags, deli papers. Like when you go to the deli and they wrap the meat and the cheese in the in the, in the the paper. Apparently, that had uh, PFAs. And then disposable, like paper plates, disposable plates, and bowls that you like have for a picnic and you throw in the garbage. Hmm. All of those things apparently. Uh, are are what the PFAs were in for. So these companies, apparently, I guess they're having to come up with some other type of substitute for the PFAs. Right. And as we know, I mean, we we all saw what happened with the BPA, right? Mm-hmm. That was years ago. It was like, BPA, oh, it's bad for you. Endocrine disruptors, you know, da, 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 da. So everybody turned into, oh, we're, we're getting to sell no BPA products. Well, they did is they sub, uh, substitute the BPA BPS, which when they did some science on that after it got it became the replacement, turned out the BPS was an endocrine disruptor as well. Yeah, correct. So yeah. I don't know what they come up with uh, that's going to work other than PFAs, but well, we've got to do everything we can to reduce our exposure and promote the elimination of these things, and then we can see the resilience of creation itself. You know, I, I, I don't hesitate to use myself as an example, but there are many other examples out there. Those of you who have made better decisions about limiting the inflow of toxic poisons at various levels, every time you reduce it, your body has an opportunity to, to deal with, recover from, eliminate all of that. And, you know, the decision Superdon and his wife has made uh, for the beginning of 2024 is a significant investment in your health and, and not one that is... Uh, you know, kind of mysterious. I hope, I wonder if this will help. I mean, I, I always come back to the the film secret ingredients. No, that's a 90 minute, just like film that you guys could sit with your whole family and watch and learn just by reducing the inflow of genetic engineering products and, or, you know, going organic, how much your body can recover and how quickly it can recover. And then if you start adding more of the stuff we talk about to become a little bit, dare I say, aggressive at accelerating the elimination and rebuilding and repairing, what is possible is extraordinary. Kind of like the, look at that. Hey, how did we do that? How did that happen? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just happened to look over. Yesterday, we were wearing the the freedom hoodies yes. today we're both wearing the 1776 this is a gift from i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna uh facebook you uh, uh call you tomorrow to see what you're wearing because uh we gotta can, wear the same thing every day i don't now. think we have anything we else have a matches, uniform but. i gotta get one of your like crazy uh 90 <laughs> bands or whatever it is yeah. the shirts here with the bowling shirts maybe i'll maybe I'll, I'll order you one that is funny yeah we yeah. did not call each other to say hey what are you wearing let's wear the same thing today <laughs> we didn't do that yesterday we didn't do it either anyway that is funny oh uh, yeah sorry so, okay i didn't mean to ruin no, your train okay. of thought there 
coming back to why yesterday's uh, Cardio Miracle webinar was so important, because it, it it just shows, oh, thank you, my tea. I forgot my tea. I've been on the go. My honey covered for me. And by the way, yesterday, I think I ate the last piece of birthday pie. It took me a week to get through it all. Mm. Uh, and it was good. Oh, my gosh. The blueberry sour cream pie was so delicious. And I said it as I'm fasting today. It is uh, Until later. So it is uh, we'll see We'll see when I break the fast and on what. I okay. Think, so uh, Cardio Miracle webinar yesterday. Yeah. So the book, how many people have believed the lies, even if they're, even if the people who are lying believe the lies, right? So you could say, well, I wasn't lying. I believed it, right? So you have plausible deniability about it. What is that lie I'm saying? That, for instance, MS and other neurological degradation diseases are incurable. It's absolutely a lie. Now, granted, if you're a doctor or somebody in that phase of, of, of development or non-development of your, your brain, your mind, you have been taught that, that it's incurable. So you believe it. Is it? Well, clinically speaking, I've helped many people overcome and reverse neurological degradation from MS and other things. And in the case of uh, Josh Hewlett and the story that hasn't been shared on this show yet, and I'm going to have to have him come on the show afterwards, but you guys got to watch this thing. And you'll see that when I talk about the inflow of toxins, I'm talking about synthetic man-made toxins, Right, We have to deal with metabolic waste, and our body knows what to do, and that can be overwhelming from time to time. But if you're drinking diet sodas, artificial sweeteners, additives, colorings, flavorings, preservatives, you're dehydrating your body with these things on top of all the other fast food, junk food, processed food, these things can manifest as MS, for instance, and lesions on the brain. And the simple act of stopping the inflow and then facilitating, for instance, cardiovascular recovery, like with sustained nitric oxide production, done in a responsible manner, like with Cardio Miracle, you find the blood flow is restored, the, uh, the, the nourishment of the nerve cells restored. And this is before I'm even telling you to aggressively detox heavy metals that contribute to neurological degradation. You're going to hear a story that it's extraordinary, but it is not, I would say, an anomaly. And isolate, right? This is something that if you do, you can recover from things that doctors even to this day are saying are incurable. And that includes the big C word, which we covered for years as well. So I'm very excited about what we've just done and revealed with that. And this is why I ask you to pay attention to the newsletter. If you haven't subscribed, please, it's free. We're not sharing your data with anybody. We're just getting you up to speed on opportunities and options you have for health and healing. So um, thank you for your consideration there. And, and, you know, it's interesting, this next story goes into, um, well, I'm going to skip over the FDA uh, healthy logo because I want to come back to that. But this global pesticide ban concept, and, and this is a Newsweek article. It says the global pesticide ban is the only way to stop us from a health epidemic nightmare. Now, on one level, if you're a libertarian, you're like, wait a second, we want the government to ban something. You're like, right. we don't like the That's government. That's a red flag right, right away, isn't it? At the same time, the libertarian principle of non-aggression is also, you know, you know, first do no harm. You could do, bring that into the libertarian realm. When you have these pesticides utilized on the same planet we're all on by your neighbor or, you know, farmer or whatever, you are getting the drift. You are getting the exposure to toxicological uh, burdens and cancer-causing compounds. And you could argue that that is a violation of your right to life, liberty, and property. 
And therefore, you should have some recourse in the courts or some other way to say, hey, you don't have the right to pollute me. Now, on the, another level, for those that don't recognize that that pollution is going to hit you, even if you're not eating that stuff, you can then say, well, the libertarian response is not to ban these things, but to just stop eating them. Stop ingesting them. Stop buying them. And yes, there's a lot of strong arguments to be made that that's probably more powerful than a ban that likely will never happen. You know, as the FDA says, we're going to phase out PFAS chemicals 100 years from now at your pace, the pace you're comfortable with to the companies that are profiting off of owning and controlling the regulatory agencies, FDA, uh, EPA, etc. So in the GMO realm, Jeffrey Smith, our buddy, found that as much as he would try and attempt to get these governments around the world from local to, to federal to supranational things to stop GMOs, to somehow ban them, the greatest success came when the consumers themselves said, we don't want to buy these products anymore. And so without government intervention, the companies themselves said, you know what, we're going to stop providing this because people don't want them. And then they changed their ways and they stopped including GMO ingredients. Not completely, but the most significant changes happened there. But arguably, if you believe in, again, that libertarian non-aggression principle, you would say the government is there to protect individual liberty. And that includes the, the freedom to not be poisoned by companies that are poisoning us. But right now the, the deck is stacked because the government is captured by those poisoners, <laughs> corporate poisoners, so that if you try to go after them, the regulatory agencies actually protect and buffer those companies and make it near impossible, too impossible to go after them for any injury that they cause, like with direct injection, the vaccination issue, but the genetic engineering issue, the glyphosate roundup issue, all of that. Some of some court actions have occurred that have resulted in civil penalties, but still glyphosate roundup you probably go into any uh, uh lowe's or home depot or stores like that and you'll find rows and rows of roundup still there because the people are still buying it if they stopped it would stop without government interference or intervention am right. i being naive in saying that i, I think i'm being no i mean you're right. right if people stopped buying it then that would that would solve the problem yeah the problem is is that not, uh, uh, there aren't enough people at this point anyway, that will just flat out stop buying it because too many people think it's not a big deal. Well, and we have in the, in our favorite products, I think there's a, a, the opportunity to get something that could replace Roundup and glyphosate. Yep. So it's not like there isn't another option, but many people don't know about it. And but they I'm don't know saying, about it. Like I said, I mean, we're talking about, you know, you're using the example of, of Roundup. Right. Um, I mean, that's the one that most people will think of when it comes to pesticide or herbicide. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but in this particular case, in this this Newsweek article, uh, the the example that they're using is the that chlormaquat. Remember, we covered yeah. that in the in the mm -hmm. oat products. Chlormaquat, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think is that what is yeah, it's chlormaquat. Uh, and so, you know, the, this the media kind of went ran with that story when it came out that's one of the reasons why we we covered it because i saw it uh where here's this pesticide or yeah, i think it was a pesticide mm -hmm. that was discovered in oats and nobody knew about it mm -hmm. it was just like oh hey we've never even like see, talked about this or looked at this you know here's this this chemical that we found in people's urine 
Yeah. And we found that, you know, it's in like 90 some odd percent of, of oat products that aren't organic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're like, holy cow. Now, if you, if you dig deep into the study, in the study itself, it, it, this is another one of those studies. And I'm just going to try and be intellectually honest here about the situation. Okay. Uh, that it's one of those studies where it's like the amount of oats <laughs> that they that they, they they threw at people in this study was more than what the average person would ever eat, right? And then you mm. see that a lot in these studies. Sure. But what I always come back to is something that we bring up and you bring up quite often is bioaccumulation. It can, you can sit here and they could say, well, you would have to eat 12,000 pounds of oatmeal uh, in order to for it to hurt you. Well, okay, fine. Nobody's going to eat that much oatmeal in one sitting. But if you're a big fan of eating that oatmeal and you do mm. that, you know, uh, every day, it's going to be probably every other day yeah. and you eat other oat products and granola and, and, you know, whatever it is, uh, over a long period of time, that stuff, you know, there's a very good chance that's building up in your system and that mm. is going to cause problems. It's just like we were just talking about PFAs, yeah. right? You eat a bag of microwave popcorn uh, it, you know, your, your eyeballs aren't going to fall out and, you, you know, you're, you're going to liquefy your organs because you ate one bag of, of popcorn. Right. But over a period of time when you're eating the popcorn, you're getting the pizza bag and the food wrappers and the stuff like that, yeah. it builds up in your system. Well, and that's the, that's how we are duped and deceived into believing that eating those foods doesn't matter because right. it doesn't happen the first time you eat it. Yeah. And I don't think most of these studies really even look at that. Mm-hmm. You, you look at all the studies that come across our desk, right? You know, that's in the news and stuff like that. It's not like, hey, we did a study and we found you know, over a period of 50 years, uh, you know, that p- people that were exposed to such and such whatever, uh, you know, they ended up having problems. We're sort of kind of seeing that kind of science now, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the plastics. Yeah. Now they're looking at it going, holy crap. Uh, but you know, most of the time it's like, Hey, we did a study for three weeks and these are the results, right? Where's the long-term studies? You know, I don't care about what happened in three weeks. Mm-hmm. I want to know what, ha- what's going to happen, remember you know, that, with my that, kids, you know, uh, 50 yeah. years from now. That's that. Remember the Seralini study that was so controversial about the GMO feeding to rats, right? And the tumors, right. it was like, they cut it off within a short period of time. And then Seralini took the same rats, the same parameters and just extended it out months longer and saw all of the things that you couldn't see in like three to six weeks, Right. you know, to your point. And so you can design studies to not show harm and then go, Hey, see, it's safe. So uh, long-term studies are important as well. Uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Steve in the audience, Yolanda, Lori, uh, let's see, Sarah, is there, I don't know who else. I feel like now I'm on romper room, but I, I love know, right? hide everybody. This Marianne. That's hello. Uh, when you're in the chat room live, I don't know who's there on X or Twitter and who's on rumble and the various places that we can. Well, let's look Diana, Diana, Diana is on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, She says that was Diana say my sis said in her cosmetology school, she learned that the FDA will approve anything that doesn't immediately kill or burn you. Yeah. Well, this is the perfect segue to what if the FDA came up with a, like an FDA approved safety label, right? This is, healthy for you would you immediately run out and buy as much of that as you can or would you go i suspect that if the fda says it's good for me it's probably not how many of you would probably run the other way so here are some suggestions as the fda is trying to develop a healthy logo healthy uh, use this year yeah 
Dude, you know, listen, if you if you're one of those people that that pays attention to labels at all, mm-hmm. uh you're you're not gonna you're gonna look at this and you're gonna laugh. Yeah. Because I mean, look at what they've been doing with with uh the wording on packaging for years now. All natural. What does that mean? What does no what does that mean? In law. Yeah. No, there isn't. So healthy. So what what is it that the uh, FDA is going to come up with is going to be considered healthy well here here's here's kind of just the uh in a nutshell all right the fda apparently is in a process of updating its definition of what foods can be considered quote healthy Mm -hmm. to align with current scientific understanding and healthier eating patterns and according to this here while the while the exact details of the new definition are pending publication in april of 20 in April of 2024, I think they've been working on this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But haven't they been working on this for like a decade or something oh, yeah, like that? Easily. Yeah. So, some easily. kind of crazy amount of time. It's anticipated that the criteria will include specific nutritional requirements and caps on elements such as added sugars and sodium. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here currently only 3% of manufactured foods qualify as healthy under the existing FDA rules with raw fruits and vegetables automatically qualifying. Yeah, but there's no mention of whether they're pesticide laden or not. See, they'll never go the full length of, and I'm not saying that certified organic labels is a hundred percent guarantee, but there are, there is some bite to that. There are definitions under the law that make it, if you cheat on that, you could be liable and find another thing. So it's better than, and they, they do analysis of these things and definitely it's lower exposure to these pesticides with organic, but you know, they're going to also claim that if it's high in cholesterol, it's not going to qualify for that label. And here's the reason it's money. Yeah. Money is 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 what screws us up every time, and you know the funny thing is is organic is more expensive, right? But organic is means or at least that means something. Yeah, it has right? a definition, and there's when you get something that just says That's healthy. Not, what you're going to yeah. do, I guarantee it, is you have. Oh, that's the reason why this has taken so long, in my mm-hmm. opinion, is that you've got all of these big ag, big food corporations that are looking at this and going, you know what, if if People walk in and they see a label on one that says healthy and the other one doesn't say healthy. They're going to buy the healthy one more because mm-hmm. it's got that label. Yeah, and so they're, they're going to think that ours is unhealthy. Big investment right? is to decide what we can and cannot have and who's going to lobby the best will get the best position as usual. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yep. So anyway, it, I'm not I'm not excited about the healthy label for FDA. It's going to deceive It's more meaningless to help. anybody like, you know, in our audience, mm-hmm. uh, anybody who's, you know, half aware of you know what is in food, uh, they're they're not going to look at that and go, oh, what? it says healthy. I, I can have that Twinkie now. You know, I could eat those Fruit Loops for dinner, <laughs> like the CEO at Kellogg's, uh, you know, said that, that that we should do. Hell, it's just it's just another label. Mm-hmm. Now, I suppose, I mean, to be fair, uh, I doubt the Twinkie is going to have the healthy logo on it. So if somebody is brand new at trying to figure out how to eat healthy mm-hmm. uh, and they walk into the store and they rely on the healthy label, chances are it's going to do some good, right? You know, the banana, healthy, you know, 
The yeah. ding-dongs, not healthy. Okay, at least Unless maybe that might point low, people low, in the right direction. If it's low cholesterol, ding-dongs, they'll probably get the healthy label. You think so? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, they could lobby anything into existence. All right, let's, yes. let's talk some good news here. Right. Opposition to vaccination among parents is growing. And you're like, this is probably one of the few shows you'll hear that that's good news. Everywhere else are freaking out, right? Experts stress the importance of being immunized, even though vaccination does not equal immunization, you boneheads, uh, given spike in diseases such as measles. And they're going to use the fear of measles if they can, if they can get away with it, to say those dangerous anti-vaxxers again. And we've been hitting the measles topic a, a few times in the last uh, week or so, mm -hmm. uh, because that's that was their, their money shot go-to. When they yelled measles, people freaked out. And if you look back and, you know, we had been talking about Suzanne uh, Humphrey's uh, uh, book. Um, uh, dude, I'm just like losing the, losing the title. Uh, dangerous. Uh, dissolving Illusions. Thank you. It came back. There to you me. go. I'm no glad you remember. Super Don. Thank you. <laughs> that, <laughs> that history, again, acknowledging that mortality rates due to measles was on the decline in the 20th century due to enhancements in uh, nutrition, uh, access to food. Um, hygienic practices, sanitation, all of that. And so you, you see that measles is not so dangerous in the average healthy population. Now, if you have a population that is abject uh, deficient in vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals, particularly vitamin A in this case, yeah, then it becomes a danger. So why not supplement or why not, you know, re-nutrify the population instead of, no, 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 we need to vaccinate everybody, despite the fact that measles and other childhood eruptive diseases are rites of passage to strengthen and, and develop the health of not only the immune system, but even organs and organ systems like the you know liver and detoxification systems. So it's uh, hopelessly superficial, dangerously superficial when they yell measles, and that's going to get us all back in line to get shots or demonize and vilify those who are not in line with uh, every shot for every ailment, illness, disease, even if it's maybe in fact good for you and good for children. Uh, talking about experiencing these things like measles. This is a Canadian story, by the way. Yes. So they're trying to vilify Canadian parents who are not falling in line with the vaccine mandates or pseudo mandates. Yeah, well, this is good news for Canada uh, with Trudeau and the way that things are up there uh, mm -hmm. for, for something like this to be happening. I'm sure there's some very frustrated uh, uh, Canadian politicians up there. Sure. Uh, seeing this, including wasn't it her the the health lady? It was Teresa Tam, I think it was. Mm. You remember her? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, during the pandemic, you know, talking about everybody needed to mask and get their boosters and and all that stuff. Which, by the way, did you see that the the uh, the FDA is is uh, recommending yet another booster? For uh, for el for the never, elderly, never people. been a shot that they didn't want to get in you, your kids, and your grandparents. <sighs> Good seniors Lord. should get another yeah. COVID booster, but apparently, just like in Canada, the public is skeptical. Yeah, well, uh, maybe if they had an FDA natural label or something on it, on healthy. The yes, it's yeah, a healthy it's one. Healthy, then you yes. then you'd run and get it. All right, out of Australia now. Let's go down under. Uh, Supreme Court in Australia ruled that those mandates were unlawful for the COVID. Hey. Yeah, so of course, damage that is deserves done now. another. Because yeah. yeah. you know what, Australia, I mean, that's oh, worse man. than Canada. It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad. Justice Glenn Martin found the Queensland Police Commissioner Katarina Carroll's direction for mandatory COVID vaccination issued in December 2021 to be unlawful under the Human Rights Act. 
A similar COVID vaccination order uh, issued by Director General of Queensland Health at the time, John Wakefield, was determined to be of no effect with enforcement of both mandates and any related disciplinary actions to be banned. Now, if you go back under WHO auspices and then you file, file uh, yeah, we want to do whatever they say under the treaty, that, that's going to go for naught because it'll supersede the Australian Supreme Court. And if they get it their way, they'd supersede every Supreme Court of every government, mm. even if they, you know, obviously they, they don't always get it right, but. The point is, uh, national sovereignty is gone under WHO uh, policies. So it, the, the, in the decision, it says here, in his decision, this justice held that the police commissioner did not consider the human rights ramifications before issuing the COVID workplace vaccination directive within the Queensland Police Service. So, Well, they're not for human rights when it comes to pharmaceutical control of your, your bodies. There they go. Oh, no, no. The human right you have is to get the shot so that other people aren't harmed because you didn't get the shot, despite the fact that getting the shot is the harm that happens direct to you because they don't care about individual uh, liberty. They care about collectivism. And that collectivism is evil. And it results in the sacrifice of any number of individuals within the herd that they tell you you're a part of. And you must participate in whatever the the rulers or the leaders or the shepherds of the herd, whether it be the, you know, the leaders of any given uh, government uh, in, in, in uh, well, the Western world primarily where they have control like this, or whether it be a supranational, supranational, supranational governance like WHO through United Nations mandates. So we're seeing the pushback. The question is, when they declare disease X pandemics, will all this fall by the wayside and said, yeah, but, but this time it's serious. This time you gotta, you just gotta get the shot. I know we screwed up last time, but this time you just gotta do it. Yeah. Well, I guess we get to wait and see what disease X ends up being. Yeah. It's just a placeholder, yep. right? Yep. We'll come up with a name for it later. All right. So we got some comments of the day and questions of the day. And we also have the homeopathic hit. And then Michael Bolden scheduled to join us from our, for our two from the 10th Amendment Center. We got a lot of good stuff happening here. Thanks for holding my hand through the show today, buddy. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so in the show notes, we have the comments and questions of the day. You can submit them at robertscottbell.com. You can also leave us a message at 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. We're happy to hear from you, however. Uh, this is from uh, Stacy. I listened to your podcast regarding the harmonic egg, and guess what there is? One located in my city. There is one oh, located cool. in my city. I'll be going tomorrow. All Apparently, right, there's you. like 100, what did she say, 150-some-odd um, yeah. cities? That was awesome because we did that yeah. a couple of days ago when I was live from uh, Giving Tree in Phoenix. Yeah. It's uh, actually really cool. There's there's some videos online, like on YouTube and stuff, where you can see uh, what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And um, I I, I kind of want to go check it out. Totally. I got to see where, Look, if there's one I, around here. I'm excited here. about all of these uh, energetic technologies and leaps that are being made. I'm not a scared of them. I, you know, I am a scared a little bit of AI, but I've seen it work in a positive way, just like anything can be used for evil purposes or good purposes. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about some of that in a moment. But we have a, a big question coming from Shannon and uh, says in your 9123 email reply to me. Apparently, I, I do I I would never email anybody that listens to this show, would I? Never. Would I do that? No. Do I, I mean, do listen, that? it doesn't happen as much as we'd like to. Yeah, but it does happen. 
Well, many, many times we can answer a lot of these questions on the air. Sometimes on the air, very, yeah. Very yeah. detailed questions that I want to be able to answer for you, and I'll, I'll email. I'm not revealing her last name, so it's sort of, you don't know who this is. But uh, it said, you wrote, other things to consider include deficiencies of key minerals such as silica, copper, and selenium. Um, she says, I'm consulting with your book again, and I just checked out the Choose to Be Healthy website. I want to begin taking silica and chromium. I currently take selenium 200 micrograms daily, but my next purchase will be a whole food variety. Excellent. So yeah, choose to be healthy.com carries all the whole food supplements we use. My questions are these supplements, silica and chromium safe for everyone to take? Well, I don't know of anybody that doesn't need these trace elements that are essential silica or silicon and chromium. But I argue the whole food form is the way to go as opposed to synthetic isolates or synthetic amino acid chelates. Are there any medication interactions in or side effects that I should be aware of? I'm not aware of any other than when you take like the chromium or chromium vanadium complex now, that is the, the glucose sugar balance, your reliance on diabetes type drugs like glucophage or other things like that for sugar regulation may be diminished in their need because as you are more efficiently are able to utilize the sugars in your body that are stored or either brought in through the diet, your reliance on those drugs is reduced. I don't know that's not a contraindication because it's not a direct interference with the drug. It's just saying, hey, you don't need that drug anymore or as much of it. Are there any medications? Okay, so that's what I wanted to ask. She says, I take black currant oil, 500 milligrams daily. Currently, is it safe to take this along with silica? Yeah, I don't know of any contraindication with black currant oil and silica. And then she says this, I have an atrial fibrillation diagnosis status post-ablation October 2020. Now, I'm so sad, Shannon, that you you, you had that done, but uh, I'm not mad at you. That's not what I'm saying. It's just a, a warning for everybody that when you have atrial fibrillation or arrhythmias of the heart, it isn't because your heart tissue hasn't been burned to a crisp. Right? It's not a deficiency of ablation, electrically burning heart tissue to stop the firing of the... It's about the inability of the rhythm to maintain its integrity in the absence of trace elements. And then this particularity is copper. Copper is responsible for keeping that rhythm, you know, along with selenium and other things, but it's copper deficiency more than anything else that I've seen being, uh, well, resulting in these uh, arrhythmias. I, I'm not saying it's only that, but that's a huge one, and so many people are deficient in copper. So go back full screen on that as we continue here. Uh, let's see, atrial is opposed to blaze. My blood pressure runs low on average around 90 to 60. I want to avoid any supplements that will lower my blood pressure and or affect my heart rhythm. Thank you. So uh, copper will help to regulate the rhythm. And, of course, it reduces inflammation. That's going to help. Now, the reason for your low blood pressure might be wide and varied. I don't have a definitive answer for you there. Some people will say, I don't want to take Cardio Miracle because it lowers blood pressure. But it should modulate healthy blood pressure, not lower it necessarily. So if you try to do something like uh, both the copper and or the Cardio Miracle, just start slowly, monitor your progress, and see how you do. So I don't want to say a blanket yay or nay, but just try these things that could help improve health in so many ways and you can go into them easily you don't have to go full blown all the way in and go bonkers with anything just go slowly integrate these new things slowly and pay attention to what your body is telling you p.s this is my favorite part of shannon's uh, letter to me 
My ulcerative colitis is still in remission since July 2022. Thanks to your book, Unlock the Power to Heal. Kind regards, Shannon. God bless you, Shannon, for sharing your concerns about your own health and and acknowledging the benefit to what I've written along with my buddy Ty Bollinger and Unlock the Power to Heal. I still have to update it. It's true. But even if it's not updated, you can still do wondrous things for your body, your health. And, and that includes getting the whole food supplements we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. So, by the way, if you want to download the chapter on the Silver Aloe Gut Recovery Protocol, it's available for free still at robertscabbell.com. And if you feel so inclined to say thank you, one of the ways you can do that is become a patron supporter of the Robert Scabell Show. A little is $4.99 a month. You can pay a whole year in advance, whatever. But every little bit helps us to not have to rely on other sources to, uh, you know, well, not, we're not going to compromise the message here. That's not what I'm talking about. But uh, I really would rather rely on you guys uh, supporting us directly as much as possible. So thank you for that. Uh, with that, if you have any other questions or comments, submit them in the chat room. We'll monitor that. Uh, we've got Michael Bolden of the 10th Amendment uh, Center scheduled for hour two. And we got a homeopathic hit scheduled for right now. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's a hot take or it's a cool take, depending on your perspective, but it's capsicum anum. Capsicum, that's right. The cayenne pepper. How many of you guys are growing cayenne? I love growing cayenne. Uh, I wish uh, uh, more people would do it because you have a, a natural remedy to do a lot of things. And these are uh, cute cayennes, uh, I think, that uh, Superdon has posted there in the homeopathic kit today. So let's dive into the PDF. I had trouble with deciding which one I like better because so this, one, this one here yeah. I thought was kind of cool, even though it's kind of like it has like a kickstand of a leg there. There's <laughs> only like funny, one. Yes. Keeping it upright, kind of cool. But then I could, I, it was hard to resist the cayenne pepper sombrero. I think that's cute. It's I, adorable. I, so I, I just went with both. Both. Why not? Cover Why your not? faces, right? <laughs> so cayenne pepper, capsicum, it's uh, nurturing warmth for body and soul. And again, this overview is not uh, an in depth analysis of capsicum as a homeopathic remedy. We just introduced you to some of the basic concepts. So you might consider utilizing it or digging deeper into it. Capsicum, affectionately known as a, as the soothing fire. The homeopathic remedy is celebrated for its unique capacity to address both emotional and physical ailments, providing relief from the chill of homesickness to the sting of physical discomfort. And we're going to get into some of that. So the origin and potency hailing from the cayenne pepper, capsicum, testament to the healing power of nature, sparking the body's innate healing mechanisms, valued for its dual role in soothing the mind and invigorating the body, and it's a versatile remedy in the homeopathic repertoire. And I'll tell you about, you know, one of the keys in a moment uh, for its use, especially in infants and children. But emotional benefits, soothing heartache, particularly effective against, uh, you know, nostalgia and homesickness by instilling a feeling of warmth and emotional well-being. Isn't that nice? A little warm blanket, a hug from capsicum as a homeopathic remedy. Physically, managing pain and inflammation, arthritis or throats, um, also circulatory benefit, digestive health, calming upset stomachs related discomfort. And this is in particular great for earaches, especially in infants and children. You have an earache or an ear infection, a redness, a pain, a stinging, all of that. Capsicum is a great remedy and I've witnessed it firsthand, seen it happen in an infant. Never forget those experiences. Emotional comfort, 
solace to those feeling emotionally adrift. Inflammatory conditions acts as a natural analgesic, anti-inflammatory. So arthritis, neuralgias, other things, digestive support, indigestion, gas. It's a lot of things that uh, capsicum can do or help with. And, um, you know, when we think about adjunct remedies, I'll throw out some more than even I listed. But acute care, if you have a 10X, a 12X, 12C, use it as you need to. Repeat the dosage until you get the relief you're after. If you want to go for uh, deep level issues, please consult a homeopath for the higher potencies if you like. Some complementary remedies to consider include Ignatia if you're dealing with emotional issues. Uh, Nooks Vomica if it's digestive issues. Ferrum Phosphoricum is interesting. Uh, for fever and ear infections. That could be of some help. And think about apis, the stinging sensation of apis. It's not there, but I just throw that out there as another consideration. Now, capsicum is safe. It's versatile as a homeopathic remedy. It's not going to harm you, but if you're dealing with ongoing chronic persistent conditions, it's okay to consult with a healthcare provider, hopefully that one that doesn't try to poison you back to health. So as we wrap up capsicum as our homeopathic hit today, it's a pillar of homeopathic treatment, <clears throat> embodying the healing embrace of warmth for those battling coldness, whether in spirit or body. So if you'd like to dive deeper, check out a Materia Medica. Some of you have purchased it, but you can, you can do online searches and look at all of the remedies and go farther in depth. But I hope this piques your interest. Capsicum's a great remedy. It really is. Remember, this is not to replace a doctor if you ever want one, but simply to provide the information and education for you to make fully informed decisions about the care of your health and the health of those you love, your family members, your friends, your community, without government interference, interference from medicine and media as well. Should you have bodily autonomy? I believe so. Why would somebody not argue for bodily autonomy? And that's what these homeopathic hits are all about, to bring that power to heal back to you where it belongs so you don't have to resort to invasive methods that could harm you or even kill you or your loved ones. Uh, even as I defend your freedom to choose the form of medicine that you want, you know, I don't believe in tyranny in any form, but I do believe in information and the free flow of that information to give you options you didn't know you had, including the options to listen to the Robert Scott Bell show, despite those that would try to ban us. We're still banned in a number of places. So please stay connected to us. Please sign up for the newsletter. And uh, we'll tell you about some upcoming events, including this coming week, if we can call it that, or next week, I shall say, in Atlanta, Hyatt Regency, Atlanta, for the big event the Warners are hosting. I'll talk about that as I give you some uh, announcements, some thanks I got to give, as always. I love to do that. And Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center next as we crank up the healing to, to un- and it levels here on the Robert Scott Bell Show where the power to heal and occasionally laugh is yours. All right, our two commences now. We're heading into the weekend and we're going to do it in style with our special guest. I won't even say his name yet because I remember there's a like a, a a way better introduction to him than there is for me. I'm not complaining, though. We love him. I love him. And that's coming up. Stand by for that. Uh, Super Don's here with me. And uh, real quick, Super D, before we go into our uh, our uh, second hour uh, wondrous guest with all the I think it's funny things. you have intro envy. 
I do have intro envy. Yeah, I kill, clearly I have it. Uh, but he's you don't you don't you don't think the intro for the show is is, is cooler than uh... well it just I keep coming back to this it's like there's there's a rock and roll part of me that is not fulfilled by the way we open the show anymore hey but it's your mom's I fault. know it's my mom it's your mom's like, fault she's like too much rock and roll is bad for you <laughs> uh, but uh, teasing a little bit but I like to I like to just crank it up from time to time and that's why it's fun to have them on but real quick if you don't mind show yeah. on the, the website because we done the updates and still evolving but it's pretty cool now we have a whole section of products we love i think it is and i want to just show everybody that so anytime day or night you can pop on the robert scabell show website robertscabell.com and go hey i wonder what's rsb approved that kind of thing and i want to try that uh want you to you know connect there all right so we're going to the products we love page i believe that's it i think it's kind of a cool cool kind of set up where you can kind of go all in one place and see all these crazy cool stuff yes. that we do the silver sovereign silver gel the sovereign copper we got oh we just had uh, john richardson jr there are the rnc store uh for the uh, the laetrile vitamin b17 the apricot seeds uh that's great you get a discount when you link on that the folium products good lord look at that bobbery and his well, I mean, he's like a a, a, a one-man wrecking crew in, in a good way, I say, because of his passion, his mission to break down barriers to bring this phenomenal formulation that was developed in response to Chernobyl disaster in 1986 out of Soviet Union, bringing it to us in America to counteract all the ionizing radiation, the heavy metals, and on and on it goes to help my mom hit the dance floor, even at 90. God bless you, Bobri. Appreciate you. Check out foliumpx.com uh, and get all of their products, and you get a discount. There's Haley Nutrition for the the Aloe Protocol. We we utilize that. We got the Carnivore Bar. You get discounts on that. The Energy Bits, which we have at home every day, uh, RSB20. Get twenty percent off of the Energy Bits. There's so much goodness here. Uh, we got our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. We got the uh, uh, Pure Body Extra, the colloidal uh, form of. Um, Zeolites, safe zeolites, right? Uh, Still can get Kratom if you want through our buddy John Bush, who's going to be at, very exciting, he's going to be at Tia's event. That's the uh, uh, next steps, next-steps.info. Great guy. Let's see, as we go down here, the Health Ranger store, we got the Cardio Miracle. We now have a a vegetable source of omega-3 fats that you can click on and uh, get that. That's the Orlo products. We got the Trinity School of Natural Health and IPAC. And let's see if there's anything else I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah, we were talking about replacing glyphosate. Contact Organics has a great option. We got organic quality soil for you. All of these things and the retreats for Mountains of Hope and everything. So uh, you gold and silver, for goodness sake. Uh, you want UPMA or uh, different ways to get. Uh, and by the way, the United Precious Metals Association, you can have an account for free. And you can buy, sell, and trade Zero spread gain, gold and silver. There's not a lot of places you can do that. It's absolutely free. You can be part of that. And uh, then we have even more, the silverite pillows, all the things we do. Oh, yeah, the sauna, the relaxed far infrared sauna. Sweat it out, 100 bucks off with the code RSB and safe sleeve products. So there you go, indulging me. And then entertainment. Those of you who want to ditch the cable bill and get every channel that you, including pay-per-view, for fifty nine ninety month, ninety nine a month, you'll be supporting the Robert Scott Bell Show as well, and even the pay per view that can cost you more than one month of that. Normally, you wouldn't have any extra bills for that. So, thanks for indulging me to go through that new page for everybody. That's yes. pretty cool. Yes. Okay. Okay. Upcoming events. Okay. I already mentioned them. I think. 
check out the upcoming events tab. I, I, I can't hold back any longer for this, this guy, <laughs> you know, every couple of weeks, unless I'm traveling or unless he, something happens, he's here and he's bringing it and, uh, makes me smile and makes me laugh. No pressure. Michael Bolden, go ahead. Super Don. All right. Grandma Mickey, plug <laughs> your ears. She loves Michael. Bolden. Michael Bolden. Yeah, the real X, the real Tim, the 10th Amendment Center. Michael Bolden joins us now on the Robert Scapel Show. Michael. Man, that intro is awesome. Wasn't it? I wish I had one as cool as that. You don't. I know. <laughs> and you love that. Rubbing it in. Uh... He's, he's rubbing it in now. I know. It's just this is what I get for loving a guy that's so awesome, like Michael Bolden. And and uh, how's your? I give my, I give my intro like a nine out of ten. Really? What do yeah, you yours take? is yours is pretty mid. What do you take that one off for? Super Don wants to know because it's he you know created it. Well, if I gave it a 10 out of 10, there's no room to improve. There's oh, okay. always something to strive for in life. You've got the killer bass guitar, though, Robert. I do. Yeah. It's, I, it's I mean, that's what that's what gets it, it up to about a five. It's, it's reminiscent of like, uh, I don't know. What, what was that TV show? They had the, the bass guitar in, in the intro. It was uh, 227. I can't remember now. I have no idea. A comedy. But, but anyway. A little slap bass would be do no, no, not something like yeah, that. Maybe, yeah. no. Oh, I see. So it's not not the good enough uh, bass guitar. Never yeah, good enough you know. for RSB, is it? I'm at a five. I want to get closer to a nine where Michael Bolden is anyway. Right. Tenth Amendment Center going strong. Hey, Michael, I got to ask, uh, how, how's your mom, right? We talked about her and sent our love and prayers to her. She was going through some stuff, and we hope that she's recovering. And anything we can do to help her, we want to want to be able to do that as well. Thank you. She's stable and old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going that way, aren't we? That's yeah. true. That's I, true. I like to think that we can get stronger, and and I'm trying to prove that it's possible for you. Just have to win a few more uh, a few more competitions. Oh yeah. You haven't won it enough times in a row. <laughs> that's not what super Don says. Uh, so were you? Hey, were you ever like a high school wrestler or anything like that? No, no, I don't like the smelly guys. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, if they don't smell, is it okay? That was as a reference. For those of you who watch the show every day, like most of us, this is a reference. Robert specifically said he did not want to get into wrestling because yeah. he did not want to be on the mat with smelly dudes. So I yeah. think... Sweaty, smelly guys. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's just an odor thing. Well, There's got to be a homeopathic remedy for that. Yeah, well, look, you got to detoxify your liver. You can spray your underarms with silver. That'll help. Good news is whatever Shane Ellison is doing at his Element Jiu-Jitsu in Scottsdale, nobody was stinky. I have to give him props for that. Whatever it is he's doing, it's great. Pro they're probably doing his his products because they're all clean in whole food as well. <laughs> oh, he nice. gets it. Uh, but as I said, even his daughter, who's a grown adult, was, uh, you know, rolling the mats. And, you know, like she's strong. And like I said, she... She chucked me around. I'm like, dude, I didn't know how to do this stuff. It's the first time ever. Uh, but I, I mean, know he's been competing with these 30 year old women at his local gym, and then he goes to the real ones. I know, and right? Then he gets yeah. hammered. <laughs> yeah, but the she's tables only 20, have so. turned. Yeah, how my how the tables have turned exactly. You know, speaking of smells, yeah, uh, a, f a number of years ago, I did a protest against the TSA, and I had an event. <laughs> 
Well, the TSA, yeah, they stink. But I had an event in New Hampshire that I was speaking at, and I decided I'm going to take the train. Mm. And, you know, it was kind of cool taking the Amtrak cross-country. Sarah came with me, which was amazing. You did that all the way from L.A. to New Hampshire? I did. Uh, But let me tell you, the uh, human body, after about 40 of 70 hours on an Amtrak, does produce (laughs) some level of odor that you, makes you never do that again. It's like, kind of like riding a Greyhound bus across oh, the country. Yeah. yeah, maybe not as bad, but close. Yeah, so, the, the I did have of- I had a Greyhound ride from Vegas on New Year's Day once. Vegas, I was in Vegas for New Year's years ago, and mm-hmm. took a, a Greyhound back to L.A. It should be like three and a half to five hours straight mm-hmm. shot. It was eleven because the traffic was so intense, and there's one lane. And uh, oh. New Year's morning on a Greyhound. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you re- remember? I, I've told this story before, but it was my wife and I, our, our honeymoon. And we were uh, going to go see Aerosmith in concert. This was their uh, Just Push Play uh, tour. This was back in 2001. And uh, we, we were in here in Klamath. And uh, we're going to drive down to the, it was one of the places down in Southern California. <clears throat> and so uh, we got about, about halfway there and the car engine threw a rod or something like some kind of crazy thing. And we we're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We had borrowed somebody's car that got good oh, gas man. mileage and their engine died or whatever. <sighs> Out in the middle, we were like in like Salinas, California. It was like nothing but cabbage patches and stuff, you know. And we found some shop somewhere, and these guys that didn't speak English were listening to the sound of the engine and looking at us, you know, like, oh, boy, you guys are screwed. Um, So anyway, so we were like, you know what? We are not giving up on this, all right? I had to got primo tickets to see Aerosmith, which is my wife's favorite band of all time. Mm. So we're like, screw it. We'll We'll just take a Greyhound bus. Uh, so we, uh, we took, took the bus down and, and we, we made it to the, uh, to the concert, had a great time, but then it was like, now we got to come back home. So we took a Greyhound from Southern California back up to, you know, Oregon and, uh, got on the bus and I'd never ridden on a Greyhound bus before. <laughs> okay. So it was a bit of an experience, right? Welcome. It's, yeah. yeah <laughs> neat people, neat people. You take Greyhound bus. Um, so got on the bus and we were just like, oh man, where are we going to sit? And in the back of the bus was this long like seat in the back. And I'm like, and nobody was sitting there. I'm like, yeah. holy cow. Wow. Look, oh, that's great. You know, you're not like all crammed in. Blah, blah. Well, it turns out that back seat is over the engine compartment and that's it's about a hundred degrees. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was just thinking, oh, that's probably where the uh, toilet is, and that's no, also bad. No, 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 that's no, where no. I was going because it, it was back yeah, then. no, no, no. Yeah. It was it was like being in a sauna, oh. and so here we are uh, riding from Southern California on a Greyhound. Hmm. I can't remember how many hours it took. It probably was something similar to like what you. I would think it's like a dozen hours up there. Yeah, because yeah, all the Mar- stops just sitting in the back, marinating oh. in the back. <laughs> sweaty i mean it's just nothing you could do you know yeah. you, you're just stuck there so great great honeymoon story you have go. you done those a greyhound buses, since that's the real no, question. Heck buses, no those no. buses come with their own smell so it doesn't take yeah. 40 hours to get there it's like yeah get in there so i don't know today if there's better sanitation on it by the way uh for bolden's sake diana has a message 
Uh, Bolden, the essence of fun Friday. That's you, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, this all is right. all serious today. Yeah. Thank oh, you. It's very, very serious. Very serious. Look, I'm excited to come see you. Uh, I, you know, I can't get you to visit me, but I, I'll come see you. Um, we've got the Natural Products Expo West. It's like I got a part, part do the, I uh, get to do the, the TIA's event, the next steps. And get, make sure you're there on Thursday, everybody, because that's my day. And then flying out to Anaheim, which is not far from you. I fly into the airport near you, the Orange County Airport. And mm-hmm. then do a couple of days in Anaheim for the Natural Products Expo West. And then on Saturday, uh, it's kind of midday, it kind of winds down. I'm done, head over. And it's just a question of what we get to do and hang out. But I'm just very excited to see you and Sarah. Me Beth, too. So. When was yeah. the last time you did that event? You haven't really. That's It's that's, been a lot of years. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember you know, Sarah used to do that when she uh, worked uh, for GT's Kombucha. That's right. She yeah. would go go to uh, to that one. But for a while, you weren't going. Yeah, and I remember after that event, I came. You know, you were still in LA at the time. Came and yep. visited. I think I stayed the night. The, the the little parakeets, you know, attacked me. It was awesome. And uh, I I I think I was so tired. We were recording some stuff. You took a picture and it ended up being the picture I still use on the little business oh, card for the show. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that was in our. We used to live in a in the top of an old train station that was converted into lofts. This was built in like 1903. It's the first or second high rise in downtown LA. We love that place. Yeah. But it was cool overrun place. by cockroaches. Yeah. Uh, they we, So our patio was on the roof of this and the roof was kind of a, a, a football watching party hangout for most of the community. And uh, they had these raised kind of deck, like slatted wood yeah. deck parts All and the they pulled it up and the, for- yeah. Yeah, we just fall through and there were thousands and thousands of cockroaches. I mean, that's what you get in living in the middle right? of the city too. So wow. oh my gosh. Yeah. These days, these days we just have quiet confines and morning doves and fresh air. <laughs> nice. I love it. Can't wait to visit you there. So we'll 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 talk about that some more and we'll have some fun. Cool pictures and 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 uh probably we'll eat some delicious food and just celebrate being if together. If we have out. to. Yeah. And you'll definitely take pictures of it and post it on Facebook. I mean, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, might do some, I don't know, some lives now that I know how to do that. Like, that was fun this week uh, doing that. So uh, the first story, and this was from Brownstone Institute, brought this up from time to time, the 17th Amendment, if you can remember those numbers and what they are related to. But I've said this a number of times over the years that when the 17th Amendment came to pass and that the state legislatures no longer took part in selecting the senators, the two senators from each state that would go to the U.S. Senate to represent the interests of the state, that the state no longer had standing. No, no longer The states had no longer a representation, whereas the People's House, the House of Representatives, is supposed to represent the people and all of that. But there was a distinction. And they said, no, 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 we need to popularly elect these senators. Do you have anything to say, Michael Bolden, about how that impacted what was supposed to be a triumvirate separation of powers or anything else that it impacted by that? And that one actually apparently did pass, I'm not sure, <laughs> as, as, a, as a ratified uh, amendment. Yeah, I waffle on this one. And I understand, you know, structurally the idea of uh, making sure that one branch of the legislature would represent the states, not Mm. 
by popular election, but they're there because it's not necessarily we're not, we don't live in one consolidated u- country. It's not one nation. It is a union of of federal republics into one basically a defense umbrella. Mm-hmm. And so the idea they came up with the idea of a federal republic. Mercy Otis Warren, who they call her the the muse of the American Revolution. She was uh, America's first female historian. Jefferson absolutely loved her. She was an advisor to George Washington and John Adams and many other of the leading patriots, Samuel Adams, Jefferson and others. Uh, she thought the idea of a federal republic was made up. She's like, well, you know, this system that they created, uh, you know, it's no one's been able to define this. And if it wasn't for Mr. Wilson, James Wilson of, of Pennsylvania coming up with a name, we wouldn't know what to call this thing. This was her anti-federalist case against ratification. And one of the things that she warned about out, along with many of the other anti-federalists, is they didn't even like the structure of the Senate a hundred years before the 17th Amendment. Mm-hmm. They warned that just the idea of having senators elected for six years, and Mercy Otis Warren predicted, she said, this is going to be an appointment for life. So, uh, I, you know, I waffle on this. I understand the idea that if you have senators, you really want them to represent the states. And by having them by popular election, that changes the mindset of the people into thinking everything's nationalized rather than on a federal structure. But on the other hand, almost all the anti-federalists warned that we would have problems with the Senate even before that happened. So I got to go back and forth, like would repealing it give us anything better or would it just put it back to the place that many warned would be a problem anyways? Mm. Dude, I always love your depth. Sorry to mix no, it up a little bit. There. I love it, and, and I always love your reference references to history and the individuals in history. It brings it to life. I I wish I had you as my history teacher when I was in grade school and high school. I would have dug it bit much much more, and I wouldn't have had to unlearn a lot of garbage history that we were taught even back then when they still sort of paid lip service to a constitution. Nowadays, it's like you know, let's raise a bunch of communist collectivists and and hate America. Uh, it's it's a Dan. I time. feel you. Yeah. So let's see what else we got. Uh, oh, the First Amendment. Let's do that. I know it's not the First Amendment centers, but uh, I know you're appreciative of freedom of speech. Uh, it, it apparently, one third of Americans say the First Amendment goes too far. I'm like, isn't what? that crazy? What? So, so this to me, I think, really gets at the root of the problem that we face today. We can talk about structural things in the Constitution. Oh, the general welfare clause isn't really well defined. Mm. Thomas Jefferson, when he saw Benjamin Franklin's first draft of the Articles of Confederation in 1775, they still have a copy of it with his notes in the margin. He said, oh, there shouldn't be terms as undefined as general welfare in a document so important. So we can look at things like that. The 17th Amendment, of course, uh, you know, the 16th is another problematic one, the Federal Reserve Act. But if the people themselves aren't fans of freedom, it doesn't matter what happens. We are in a really, really bad place. So I think the ultimate root problem that we face is that the people themselves are not on board with liberty. If so many millions of people this likely represent think that freedom of speech is dangerous, man, we're in trouble. Benjamin Franklin warned that, you know, if for people who want to basically end a free republic, let me see if I can pull up this quote. He said, whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. Mm-hmm. And this is really what this uh, this uh, this 
this poll is getting at. People aren't saying we got to eliminate the freedom of speech, but it's just a little too much. We got to subdue it. And whether they're useful tools of tyrants or they're petty tyrants themselves, they're doing exactly what Benjamin Franklin warned is the way to destroy freedom. The first step is I mean, we're way past the first step, but this is certainly uh, the foundation for controlling a society. Uh, that's where uh, we've heard that uh, famous quote from George Washington, I'm, I sh I'm sure, where he said basically, you know, if uh, the freedom of speech may be taken away, dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep the to the slaughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He's like, if everyone can't offer their sentiments on a matter, that's what's going to happen. We're going to be led like sheep to the slaughter. John Adams, when he was president, he you know passed one of the most unconstitutional, he signed one of the most unconstitutional acts in history, series of acts, the Alien and Sedition Acts, which punished people for bringing members of the federal government into ill repute and was up to the people in power to determine how that was done and uh, they put a, a a congressman matthew lyon in prison and of course the people at that time were a little bit more on board with liberty than we are today mm -hmm. not totally but they certainly were matthew lyon was re-elected to the house of representatives in congress from prison because he was put in prison for speaking wow we don't have that I, kind of attitude today instead today where we've got people saying uh oh freedom of speech bad well, I, what happened to the days when the ACLU would defend the horrible, evil KKK just because they recognized that if you took away their right to free speech, to protest mm -hmm. and things like that, then you've established a precedent for people with power to use that against. I others. think that you need to like start a course for teachers in America about some of this stuff, because you, you, you fire up, you light it up. And I'm like, I get excited about uh, thinking back to my days as a student. And going, boy, is it interesting? If I, yeah. If I would have had a teacher like Michael Bolden, I would have been like, wow, I'd have learned so much more that I, I wouldn't have to unlearn stuff to learn the stuff that I learned later. Right. And, and I think that there is a purposeful, unfortunate design right now of our educational system to teach people to not know the real history of America and then just to learn little selective snippets that put a picture of America as you know, the most horrific Dude. thing that ever happened to planet Earth. And it, well, government schools do not teach people how to limit government power. Mm -hmm. They teach you that government is a solution to every problem. Yeah. And if that means limiting free speech, we shouldn't be surprised that this is what people are demanding. So let me ask you about the Libertarian Party, because you were invited to speak at their, I think, the state convention in California recently. Yeah, it was pretty fun. And, it was pretty fun. and I think Bobby Kennedy was invited. I don't know if he showed up. You need to let he me know. He was there. He was there. I got a picture. Uh, you know, he picture? had a lot of security with I mean, it was grainy. I want to see a grainy picture so we can show everybody. You can Yeah, I mean Okay, I'll get you All a right, picture. Please. But it's on my phone, which is here. Oh, it's up there. Okay. Well, anyway, Michael Bolden, I want to know how it went, your presentation, any impact. Because here I am celebrating 20 years ago. About now. Yeah, I heard that. I was in the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta when I met Michael Bold, uh, Michael, Michael Bednarik, the other Michael B, who's no longer with we us. We met in Texas. Yeah. Uh, but I met him at the Atlanta event, which was the national nominating convention for the Libertarian Party. And he, yeah. out of nowhere, won the thing, right? And we became fast yep. friends from that. So I'm thinking, wow, I'm going back for an event this weekend in Atlanta. 
And, you know, freedom-loving people are going to be joining together. It's not technically a libertarian convention, but a lot of people that are uh, aligned and, and, and tend toward liberty will be there, health freedom. So what's going on with a California state convention? How just I want to know everything. <laughs> Man, it was contentious. Oh. I mean, because RFK is no libertarian, right. without a doubt. I mean, he's, he's very solid on a number of issues. We find him interesting, of course, on this show. He's very interesting. Uh, to the goals and efforts of what you guys have been doing for so many years. Uh, but generally, the message doesn't fit with the LP. So a lot of people were pretty pissed about mm -hmm. it. On the other hand, you had uh, people there, and it was a pretty well-attended convention. This is pretty high profile, especially because we're going into election season. They're going to have their national convention in a couple of months. So there were a lot of delegates there, people from all over the country, a couple of the other LP candidates. They had debates. Jill Stein I and Cornell West, I think, were scheduled to be there on the following day. So they brought in people that weren't part of the LP, and I think they were just trying to expose people uh, from other areas mm. to them, or I don't know, maybe it was a way to raise money. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, but there certainly was some debate. Some people were basically saying, you know, we like the idea that they're actually, these people are willing to talk to us. We've never had that happen before. Yeah. Maybe that's positive. Uh, they're trying to court libertarians. But on the other hand, they're saying, people were saying, why would you give platform to gun grabbers? Mm. Uh, especially in the libertarian right. group. There's not much, there's not much wiggle, wiggle room on the natural right of self-defense. Uh, in my presentation, I talked about that a little bit. I said, my favorite number is zero. You might think it's the number 10, but it's zero. And that's the number of federal gun control laws authorized by the Constitution. So that means we got to nullify the National Firearms Act of 1934, the Gun Control Act of 68, its amendments in 86, Undetectable Firearms Act of uh, 1988, the Trump stock ban of 2018, and the rest of it. Uh, so that's a very popular viewpoint there. So it's a little, I mean, of course, people like Mike, Michael Bandarek. I mean, what was his saying? You know, you bring your, your needle and I'll bring my 38. <laughs> Yeah. But for, okay, well, we know which one's going to make the bigger. Right, poll. exactly. So this is a very popular kind of position. Even, even in California though, for the libertarians? Of course. Okay. I mean, there's, there's still, this is part of why I think uh, libertarians oftentimes kind of spin the wheel in the mud. Not, not that I encourage them to lower their standards mm -hmm. at all, but they spend so much time on philosophy. Sure rather than trying to kind of bring other people step by step the towards that the ground in inches right that concept yeah and i talked about that in you my did. presentation oh, as did well. they oh yeah for sure for sure no 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 they loved it I, I talked about how in in the lp because there's so much uh philosophical debate about who's better at being at liberty on this issue or that issue and there's a i laugh because i work with democrats and republicans all day long all week long all year long and I would love if I could work with people who are on board against mass warrantless surveillance in support of free speech, against the empire at home or abroad, against civil asset forfeiture and support of sound money. You don't get that from the mainstream. So they have much more in common than I think they recognize. They get caught up in their own uh, kind of uh, internal debating and they miss out on the fact that there is so much more in common. And I think people who have uh, much in common on the big issues really can be the tip of the spear leading things towards freedom. And that's what I encourage them to do. And I gave them ex some examples of how some of their affiliate chapters have really been uh, making some waves and supporting legislation that we've put out there for a number of years called the Defend the Guard mm -hmm. Act to push back on the unconstitutional use uh, and abuse of guard troops in overseas wars that have never been declared.
that that probably was well received i think oh yeah yeah and what we've seen in recent years are some of these state chapters or affiliates of the libertarian party uh working with other groups outside of any uh party structure to support the Defend the Guard Act, and we're starting to see it move forward, uh, not only in Arizona, where it passed out of the state Senate just this last month, but also in New Hampshire, where it passed out of the state House, and then in Georgia, where it passed out of committee just in the last week or so. So we're starting to see things move forward because people who believe in liberty are starting to take action rather than talk about who's the best at being a libertarian. And so that's what I was nice. encouraging them to do, was really like, look, man, if you guys dig in, uh, you don't have to win the presidency to get things done. You can take action just the way the founders told us on a state-by-state -state level. So what was Bobby Kennedy's presentation? I mean, he's coming into a libertarian convention. Did he modify his talk in some way, to your knowledge, or did he just let loose on what he believes and let the chips fall where they may? I missed his main presentation, but I did hear some of the debate that he had with two other candidates. One's a guy named Michael Rechtenwald. And the other guy, I forget his name. So they split up. They had two separate presidential panels, one on the Saturday that I was there in the evening. I missed the Sunday one with Cornell West. Mm. Uh, but basically, I think the message that he was giving was probably not one that's super well received there. It was basically... That basically, if I'm in charge, if you don't like the FDA, I'm going to get in charge. I'm going to win this thing. And I'm going to clean up the FDA and make sure it follows the rules. And that doesn't seem to resonate too well in libertarian circles. The idea of keep the things in power in, in place, mm -hmm. but just have the right people in charge. Because, well, he's not going to be there for very long. And if a Kennedy wins, we know he's probably not going to be there really, really long. And so, therefore, someone else is going to be in there and put their people in power. Right. And I think that's been was the objection primarily, although he does address many of the problems that I think uh, people are interested in. I'm not sure if the solutions were really something that rallied the troops right. there. Maybe elsewhere. So the picture that you say is grainy that you'll end up sending us somehow, some way. Is that like a picture with him or just a picture of him doing something? No, him during the this kind of presidential panel. Gotcha. Okay. Well, no, I'm curious to see. I got like 10. I was able to get like. 10 to 20 yards away okay. before security was right. all over it. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad you were there to present. And I think uh, the, the, you know, libertarians would uh, take uh, well to heed your message. Uh, that would be, I think, more pragmatic and practical, but not abandonment of principle either. And I think that's an important. Well, yeah. And that's, that's, that's the approach that I like to take is you have to, <laughs> Jefferson, of course, he's told us the ground of liberty is to be gained by inches. But he also said here the day after the Kentucky resolutions that he drafted in secret against the Alien and Sedition Acts, he sent a letter off to James Madison and said, hey, we have to affirm all the principles they contain, but we should be free to push as far as events will render prudence. We have to have a one-two step approach to these types of things. We have to be honest about our overall principles, our overall goals. Don't hold back on that say what our ultimate goal is. So I want the FDA gone. I don't think it should exist. But at the same time, maybe a good first step is to limit its power a little bit or have different people in there, but still keep pointing right. out that that's not the end game solution. So you can have, you can take a pragmatic approach while being very principled because you can't get from point A to point Z in one fell mm -hmm. swoop. Most people who try 
well, all people who try generally fail on the Hail Mary, yeah, especially right. when it comes to the empire. No, I like that a lot. And um, uh, since we're talking presidential kind of stuff a little bit, uh, your path to liberty, by the way, uh, do you still do it three days a week? I want to make sure you still, I don't want to over. Yeah, I did. I did one did, this morning. So, but your February 28th one was interesting. Mrs. President Abigail Adams. Did we really have a woman president way back when? What's going on with this? <laughs> well, you know, I guess, uh, you know, they say this is uh, Women's History Month. So yeah. I thought I'd, uh, this week I did two episodes on two very important revolutionary women. One on Mercy Otis Warren, who was, as I pointed out, America's first female historian. And then also Abigail Adams on Wednesday, I did an episode. So Mercy Otis Warren, I covered her primarily her anti-federalist work after the revolution. And then Abigail Adams, I just highlighted some of the things that I thought were very interesting from her. And they actually used to, I think it was Albert Gallatin who ended up being Thomas Jefferson's uh, secretary of the treasury. I think he coined the phrase, Mrs. President. This at the time, of course, was considered very derogatory. Uh, the opponents of President John Adams, there were very many of them for very good reasons, uh, didn't like him, but they all knew that Abigail Adams was a heavy influence on his approach, his policy. And so they used to attack her as Mrs. President. So in many ways, maybe we did have our first female president, the second one in the country. I remember there was a point uh, where I was reading some letters back and forth. There's literally thousands of these between her and John Adams. I think they were apart for like 10 years at some point uh, because of his diplomatic posts. Uh, she, the Adams was considered, John was considered the Atlas of Independence, the hothead. He couldn't wait to declare independence, according to the historians and according to what they considered in the Continental Congress to be kind of middle of the road. He was extremely hardcore and pushing for this. But by early 1776, Abigail had been pushing him for a couple of years. And she's like, well, where's this independence? We have a lot of high sounding words, she said in 1774, but very few actions that correspond with them. What's going on? with independence. And he's basically like, woman, patience, we'll get this done. So it's fascinating to see how the guy who was considered one of the most rabid supporters of independence was moderate compared to Abigail Adams. And I think the fact that when, uh, you know, there were struggles early on in the fight against the British, Abigail was a type of a woman that I'm not even enough of a man to be today. Without even thinking about it, she recognized that part of the reason they were struggling in the fight was because they were low on ammo. So she went and melted down pewter wow. and made her own bullets. I mean, of course, it's different type of things that we use today, sure. but that's not something I would be able to do without training myself. So I think uh, uh, someone like that is something, someone we can certainly look up to in understanding how to take care of things in an emergency situation without having to go to YouTube to look it up. Wow takes a woman's love to make a man and the strength yeah. of Abigail Adams to make some bullets too. Uh, yeah, for that sure. is, that is cool. That's part of that history. I, I love learning about. And, um, you know, then so many decades and now centuries later, we are disconnected tremendously, significantly disconnected from those stories. Most of us, 
And yeah, they talk about uh, being, uh, you know, a woke feminist. Certainly, Abigail was no woke feminist. She was a very traditional kind of role type of a person. Mm -hmm. But certainly, she was really pushing for equality in treatment, equality in education, very aggressively. Uh, and there was a lot of resistance to that at that time. And she also kind of led by example, especially through making making bullets as often as she could. Uh, but this is not the type of uh, thing that many people do today. There's not, I mean, I know I see this on uh, with a lot of the people who are in the chat on this show. There's a lot of self-reliance and prepping and understanding how to grow your own food and take care of your own kind of existence. But that is not the kind of broad-based view in, in society today. And I think that's something that's really important. Well, what's really important is you guys become members of the 10th Amendment Center. 10thamendmentcenter.com and various uh, social media outlets, which he's not banned on or they're not banned on. You can access them uh, through the uh, path to liberty. You know, you do this hopefully three times a week forever because it's they're amazing. And uh, occasionally jump dropping in here, which I love. We just have a great time. I hope you I hope you notice. How much prep time does it take you to do a show? Is it just all super it's done? It's all super done. Well, today it really was. And I talk about that. I mean, do you just basically flip the switch and you start today? Show? It was that I, I raced in right after a training, of, of, you know, a medical physician's clinic office trying to teach them how to, you know, do good things that they wanted to learn more about. And I was like, I told Super Don that would be the case today. So he was prepared for it. But it's a beautiful, wonderful thing to be able to do that. Uh, you know, yeah. I was able to review the homeopathic hit, of course, before we got on the air today. Uh, the uh, capsicum, right? Are, you like hot peppers, don't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's good for my birds, yep. too. Really? Good. They actually can't feel. They don't have the sensor <laughs> for the heat. So they love eating pepper seeds and the hotter, the better. The funny thing is we were giving them some really hot peppers. We cut them up and they, 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 they dig yeah. and forage for the seeds, but then I'd be holding it and I get it on my oh, hand no. and I wipe it on my face. No, don't so do that. we had to go with sweet peppers. Yes, of course, <laughs> so. much easier. Well, if they were here, we'd have lots of, uh, we got a lot of pepper plants growing. We've got the greenhouse. That's going. great. You, but you're at a place where you don't have a big backyard or, or, or it's a community backyard, even that where you can grow stuff, right? Nope. Yeah. But still, thank goodness, uh, you know, California grows a lot of food, hopefully, and a lot of it's organic, which is nice. And you're getting a lot of rain, too, although I can't figure out how they don't realize that maybe they should collect some of it and keep it for when there's not a lot of rain. It's like 90 percent. Well, we do here in Irvine, California, yeah. like uh, surrounding our property, there are three natural runoff reservoirs mm -hmm. where they take it and they, somehow they have all kinds of. I don't understand. There's a sign. So we need to go for walks. Yeah. Maybe I can show you when okay. you're here. Uh, but they, it, they're, they allow the environment to clean the runoff and it, they store it. And I don't know what they do. So with it, but you, it definitely you're in is. one area where they don't let it all run to the ocean, but they say it's no. like 90, 95% of all the water. It's a huge down. amount. It's like, are they morons? Yeah. I mean, cause that's, yeah. Oh, so they do collect it here. All right, let's talk about the French Revolution. This is this is a story what? Super Don likes uh, as well because okay. he gets hot under the collar when you know vegetarian companies make meatballs that are not meatballs. You know how can you use? There's not meat. There's no meat there, right? So the French government to the rescue. Uh, according to this, they say that vegetarian companies now can no longer use the word like steak and other names of meat on their product labels. So they can't use ham, filet, prime rib, among others, for all those vegetarian-sourced kind of meats that are not meat. Now, to me, this is somewhat of a violation of 
freedom of speech. I don't think they have a First Amendment there technically, but I get the sentiment of Super Don. You get frustrated when they call it meat. It's not meat. I don't think it's unreasonable to to uh, to feel that way. But so maybe, you think the First maybe. Amendment has gone I, too you know, far? T- the way I you know, so, like look, uh, especially since since my wife and I have changed the way that we're eating, I'm exposed to this even more than I was before. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you, you get when these companies they'll like here, here's a steak. It's made out of mushrooms, <laughs> and it's like. That's not a. St- I do like me some mushrooms. That's not a, I like mushrooms. So why don't you just say here? Here's here's some mushrooms. <laughs> why why call it a steak? Marketing. I, you know, and the thing is, is a lot of these people that they're just like, oh, I, you know, I have to have a, a, you know, a steak made out of whatever, you know, something other than steak. They're they're like uh, quite often they're vegans, and I think it's very ironic that you have a vegan. That is is promoting a a, a a food item that is named after a dead animal that people eat. <laughs> it's like, isn't there like some kind of an ethical dilemma here that you want to call it a steak? Why call it a steak? Unless you're tr- what should we use? I mean, is it like patty? Well, whatever. I mean, you know, when you eat a when you, when somebody gives you a pile of mushrooms, you go, oh, mm, steak. No, they purposely like cut it up and they like try and make it look like a steak. You know, it's right, like, right. It's like, isn't isn't that the the the, the murder uh, meat is murder uh, symbolization that you're sitting there trying to, you know, unless they're trying to say, well, listen, if we call it steak, then these meat eating people might accidentally eat it and, and, and not kill it. No, if somebody's a meat eater and you give them a steak made out of mushrooms, mm-hmm. they're gonna throw it at you. <laughs> they're no, they're gonna know I it's think- not. A, I think some of the frustration, just as my own personal experience, because mm-hmm. I live around a lot of, well, not as many here in Orange County, but yeah. in, in L.A., I lived around a lot of vegans. And I actually eat a lot of vegan food because of my heavy dairy allergy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's kind of two kind of camps. There's those people that you're talking about, Super D, who are like, what? No, you can't. You what? The, I can't eat anything that has a face mm-hmm. on it. There's other people who just don't digest it well and maybe it's because they're not and i don't have a problem with those people i mean Mm -hmm. it's all good and listen you know i've said this before where you know we'll uh from time to time we'll get onto the topic of you know the collapse of society and what would we do and you know and all this stuff and and i've admitted that unless i happen to know somebody that that hunts and and cleans uh you know so again i probably would become a vegetarian because I don't know that I could go out and shoot and kill an animal and guts and blood and you know it's like that's not really my thing. Um, so you know I, I can under I totally understand that whole thing. But for me, and I'm just being I'm just doing being like an old man bitching about stuff is really what I, what it sounds like. <laughs> Yelling at clouds. yeah exactly. <laughs> but you know when I saw this, I was just like, hey, all right, the Frenchies got it right finally on, on something here. And they're not—they're not messing around here either. They're, apparently, there's fines for this non for non-compliance with the, uh, you know, uh, calling something steak when it's not steak. Individuals caught violating this new labeling law will face fines up to sixteen hundred and thirty dollars, and companies wow. could face fines uh, over eight grand. Um, wow! Per instance, uh, I think so. 
I think so. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that's um, they, they're taking it very seriously there. Yeah. Well, you don't mess with food and the history of food in those cultures, uh, especially right. France. Yeah. And I and I and I've said you know like the you know the Italian food as we talk about I, you know when I go to Vegas now and I hang out there I'm I'm definitely going to that uh, I forget the name of it but that Italian place that's a food truck everything's imported from Italy their their wheat their cheese their meats everything. And it's like so clean and and pure and heirloom that I, you know, as sensitive as I am, we've eaten there. It's, it's amazing, really great, and maybe even Michael Bolden could handle some of that as well. But the, as long as it's raw, yeah, I will eat the dairy if it is raw, right? And then you can handle it. Now, when we're in you know Southern California, and we've hit some vegan restaurants together over the years, and I was just in Phoenix at Giving Tree, and David, the, the mm -hmm. chef there, uh, his daughter has the chocolate tree in Sedona, and I didn't for a second miss meat on the plate and the table, you know, cause he's, he's done something so amazing in terms of his capacity to make vegetarian food, delicious, not compromising quality, no seed oils, no GMO. I mean, it was, it's amazing. And you, the desserts without dairy, a lot of coconut based stuff, but it's wow. Nothing. There tends to be a lot more sugar yeah, in the do. vegan, in the vegan desserts, especially with like date sugar, right. Man, they're so sweet oh and so good. Yeah. But it's a treat and it's a delicacy, I still think. But, but when you eat this food, you yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. And I, it's I not guess, like, man, I had a great steak last night. Really? What kind of steak was it? Well, it was made out of walnuts. What? But that's the question. Are they really protecting anybody? And who, if so, who is right. that? Are they protecting people from being idiots? <laughs> or are they protecting some mm -hmm. lobbyists well yeah. you've I got i think what you've got is it's there's apparently there's this battle that's been going on in france which it's not exclusive to france you see these kind of battles happening here uh, you sure. know it, it's like robert says you could bring up all kinds of different issues abortion and gun control so like that but you will not see people uh punching each other out uh <laughs> Any more than you than in uh, a meat eater versus a vegan. I mean, that, that's just like that's like a, a holy war, hmm. right? Right. That, that's going on there. But apparently in France, uh, there's this this the the idea behind this is there's this been this ongoing dispute between the meat and the vegetarian industries in France, and so mm -hmm. the objective of this decree is to clarify. Yeah. Uh, product labeling for consumers, ensuring that the names on vegetarian and meat alternative products accurately reflect their contents and don't mislead consumers about their nature. So it's a consumer protection act, they're saying. I don't know. I, don't I really it. don't know how accurate that is, though. Really. Well, I mean, it's like you got to protect. The that's what they always themselves. say. Yeah, they always say they're protecting the people, but I'm sure it's something. You, you know, know would, would the meat, the meat industry in France maybe be concerned that that uh, the veget the whatever the vegetarian uh, uh, people would be kind of uh, stealing away some of their, yeah. their people yeah. who then would stop eating the meat they and start to eating the tofu. Yeah, just like just like the beer industry does studies, uh, and they see how much uh, cannabis legalization has impacted their sales for people under the age of thirty five, mm. and they don't like right. it. Or the dairy industry has been lobbying to have here in the U.S. Uh, non-dairy, like almond milk yeah. and things like that. They want them to remove the milk word from milk it. from yeah, that that's right. because it impacts, it, it impacts their business. Exactly. Which is another thing that I, I, it kind of grinds my gears a little bit, although I kind of, it's been around for a while, so I've kind of gotten used to it. 
Hmm. But you know, again, it's not milk. You can't it's, milk. You can't it, milk an almond. I mean, it, what about on. milk of magnesia? I've, ah. got, I've got nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? It's milk. It's juice. It's almond juice. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. Let's wrap it up on another First Amendment uh, focused uh, concern. What? Gates funded Gavi, which is a, a pretty much a pro-vaccine, you know, uh, institutionalized kind of non-governmental organization. It's now taking aim at memes, calling them disinformation super spreaders. Uh, and like, how many of you have have shared what? memes? You know, no, seriously. Yeah, uh, Gavi, they're taking a. It's like we've got to beat these memes back because they're they're show, You know, why would they be doing that? Because we're showing exactly the lies and the deceptions that things like Gavi and 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 Gates are doing in a very funny, mm. pointed way and poignant way, very quickly without often even words needing to be written on them. So anti free speech, yeah. Coming from collectivists who want to vaccinate everyone, including you. I missed this one. Memes, yeah. So, citing a long history of anti-vaccination memes, the article features an image from 1802 depicting a vaccine monster being fed a basket of infants and excreting <laughs> them with horns. And another, see, the, the, wow. said, the anti-vaccine. I want to see that one. Yeah, we were hardcore way back in the day, long before Andrew Wakefield. So uh, they look at that and they go, oh, my gosh, th there's a history here, centuries old, of beating us with articles or not even articles, but little cartoons. Yeah. The threat to their dominance on the planet is what? Freedom of speech. Yeah. Who knew? Who yeah, knew the I mean, meme was that old? I thought it was more like, <laughs> yeah. you know, something that, that came about with social media. But uh, mm -hmm. I get it, though. I mean, look, pictures are, are can be very powerful. Right, because yeah. I mean, I mean, think about it. Right? If you write, you could write this great article explaining all these terrible things about something like that. But what does that require? It requires somebody to sit down, have the time, to sit down, and read. If you can put that in the form of an image mm -hmm. and get Very it right powerful. in front of somebody, boom. Yeah. Right. A huge majority of people who look at articles, there's all kinds of studies. I haven't looked at one in like five years, but a huge. It's like not even close. Never get past the lead. It's basically uh, they go don't go beyond the fold. They never scroll. The headline and the image. Mm -hmm. That is it. Yeah. That is it. And we're talking like eighty plus percent. Right. Yeah. Um, so they don't read the articles, but if you have something that's in an image that makes them think, mm -hmm. makes them laugh, makes them angry, that does get a lot of reach. And there are like accounts on social media. We share images with with quotes and statements like that, but not like meme accounts mm -hmm. uh, that are kind of really using it in a very aggressive way. I mean, they're like that's this is what they do, and they're some of the most popular accounts on places like X, sure. and Instagram, well, those and that, like that want to tyrannically control your lives force you to accept things that you don't want to accept they are very threatened by what freedom of speech and that a significant portion a third of young americans say the first amendment goes too far says we still got a lot of work to do michael bolden's helping to do that work and uh carrying the 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 the, the i guess the flag of freedom if you can call it that um so well and so much uh passion and even humor yes i said it Michael Bolden, you bring the funny too. We got to take a break. Uh, bonus round coming up. Can you stick around for a few minutes or what's up? Yeah, till like 10 All after. right. Bonus round with Michael Bolden on the 10th Amendment Center. Super Don, me, you. Let us know what's going on. The Robert Scott Bell Show is here for you. The power to heal is still yours. Hey, awesome. The bonus round continues and batteries may not be included, but Michael Bolden is. 
And there he is, still with us. Doesn't always happen that you get to hang out. Maybe you're making up for lost time when you kind of said, I can't do the show this Friday or I'm traveling and, and whatever, but I'm glad to have you here. I'm looking at the clock. I feel like we're still in regular time. Okay. Nope. Well, we could be all serious. and, and uh, We're not. I mean, technically, this is bonus. 55 yeah. is when we're out. Yeah, Super Don has uh, made it a hardcore cutout. Because, and actually, to be honest with you, Robert, uh, yeah. we may have to dial that back just a, a couple of minutes, really. Really? Yeah, with the the change with UK Health Radio. And that, uh, and that hour a little earlier, huh? I'm, I'm having to cut content out in order to get it to time out right. Okay, well, we'll um, modify our friends. So we at UK may have Health to Radio. go. May have to go to like fifty-three. Yeah, the country that listens the second most. I thought it was Canada, but I think Great Britain has beaten Canada in listening to the Robert yeah. Scott Bell Show now. By the way, I don't know is yeah. is Lori still around? Did, know, you, did you happen to know? She remember yesterday she made a request. Oh, uh, Huskies! She was in the chat. Yeah. She I was wanting Huskies, and you go make, make sure she saw that I pulled that off there. I hope she did. Anyway, yeah. all right. So, uh. Oh, how's Sarah Beth? I know she was going through something and I missed it. Like four days later, I saw this post that you put posted. I'm like, ah, what's going on? I didn't know. Yeah. She's, um, she's recovering. Okay. All right. I just want to know that she's on the mend and anything I can do. You just obviously mm, let me know. There's, there's definitely some gut health issues there. Let me tell yeah. you. Well, like I'm without a doubt. Yeah. She just started with a new naturopath locally. Okay. Uh, that was suggesting she's probably having too much iodine in her system. Wow. That's interesting. That doesn't happen every day. Well, the amount of iodine she gets, the amount of seaweed the woman okay. eats is amazing. So it was like too much? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there's, it could be other things. She may have gotten food. We don't know seaweed, what's going like, on. She, she eats like the dried seaweed? Like the... Yeah, yeah. Just by the I stack. love seaweed, really? too. Yeah. I don't uh, need it as much, wish... but now that I'm fasting, I think maybe I break the fast on seaweed today. I love seaweed. I wish I was cool enough to do that. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, Lori liked the videos. There was some mal malamutes in there. They kind of well. look the same. They kind of look similar, the same, right? right? They, yeah. they're, they're related, I think. Don't discriminate they? against malamutes. I can't, you know, they looked similar. They weren't labeled. I thought they might be the same. I did the best I Here, could. Lori's holding your feet to the fires like I asked no for respect, the Huskies. I tell you, no respect. <laughs> um, man, you got to improve your dog videos. Man. You got to do it. You got to new do another intro. I you got to deal with this fake meat. I, am going I mean, to, yes, it might. It's just torture, absolute torture. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Michael. On, I think it was on Friday last week. It, boy, time's moving. But I got a text from my friend Allison, who's a super supporter of the show. Her daughter. Uh, was doing a science fair project at her high school, 10th grader, on acne and tested over-the-counter drugs, prescription medication, and a natural thing, and the Sovereign Silver First Aid Gel. And oh. the Sovereign Silver First Aid Gel whipped up on everything, including the prescription drug. And it was like, whoa, so cool. And I, I bring that up also as a segue to say happy anniversary to Paul and Jacqueline Baratero, 30 years. They're a few months ahead of my wife and I on our uh, uh, anniversary of 30 years coming up too. And we might do what they're doing, spending time in the San Diego area. Remember when you came down? Cool. Yeah, man, that was that beach awesome. house. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. So yeah, that was so cool. Do, where was that? Was that Pacific beach uh, or where Solana was beach? Solana. So right. Next if door. we are down there again, would you come down again? No. no. Okay. It was too nice. <laughs> what for your anniversary? Well, I mean, you don't need me hanging the, out the whole thing, but I mean, what if I come down the third wheel, the whole, Michael the Bowen. whole anniversary. <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, where's well, my pizza? Well, at this point, we've been together so long. You're like, hey, can we get somebody in here to distract? No, I'm just kidding. Love you, honey. Teasing. No, we just, we love you. So we have fun. Happy anniversary, guys. Exactly. <laughs> what do you guys want to do tonight? <laughs> 30 years. Can we go out instead? Yeah, right, I know. Sure. I just want you home by 10 because you're going to need to clean up the kitchen. Then. So I'm like, you boys go out and have fun at this point. So that's what it is. Married long enough, right? Anyway, Dude, you could just hang out on the beach. That's true. Yeah. Congratulations, Man, as I that, said, to Paul and Jacqueline. Thirty years. That is so cool. That's awesome. And celebrating. Thanks to Allison down there. Love you, Allison. And your family is so wonderful. Uh, so yeah, check that out. That test that was done that shows that gel that I took part in in developing. I was there three that three years of R and D for that. It's doing great, great work for people. And and uh, yeah, Samara figured it out and did it and showed it. So that was cool. Oh, I use the silver gel. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you helped uh, develop that too. Yeah, when I was in house many years ago, these are the early mid two thousands. Uh, I was, uh, you know, doing some product development, and you know, it was a it was a step into how can you make that dietary supplement ingredient a topical agent. Yeah, and there's a lot of I use it a lot actually. Yeah. I actually use the silver gel more than I use the silver yeah, liquid. Yeah. Uh, my birds, uh, depending on their hormones, they do go through phases of biting me a mm -hmm. lot. And, the gel is a uh, godsend for that. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I, I was on with the physicians group today, uh, educating on silver and copper, and they said they use the gel even in the eye. And I'm like, well, it's not technically uh, designed for that, but there's no harm to the eye with the ingredients. So they were using it off-label. These doctors are allowed to do that, of course. Uh, like an ointment, I, like an eye ointment, yeah, like an eye yeah. ointment for issues yeah. that they were dealing with. Like, yeah. So anyway, I just was no. sharing that. You guys, you guys want to learn my kryptonite? Yeah. What's your kryptonite? That's it, huh? Eyeballs. Anything to anything to do with eyeballs? Well, you and me both, Michael. I mean, for for me, like my wife wears contacts. My son, my daughter. <laughs> I have never put a contact lens I, in my eye, even... and until recently, I had to close my eyes. Yeah, I shower. don't like. I don't like. I don't like looking at people doing. And though when they find that out, they're doing this. They're doing this. I'm like, oh, nope, stop. Nope. No, yeah. it's not happening. I, I knew someone. I won't mention who who they are, but. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, needed to make some extra money. Yeah. And so uh, she ended up getting a job working for the Lions Club. And the job was that when somebody passed away, they would go and they would uh, collect the eyeballs. Oh, what of the people for You're people that needed like walk away the, the, for people to get like you know transplants you know that were blind um type but don't thing. they need like surgeons to remove it i right? knew this person pr pretty well and yeah. so when i found out about this i was just like you do what mm -hmm. i mean like so the amount of the amount of cardio miracle that i've been taking <laughs> is ensuring that i'm not going to pass out now and i'm still oh, getting oxygen. i'm yeah, sorry i'm eyes, sorry Wow. Yeah, no, I couldn't. Yeah, it, it that made my skin curl too. Just the idea of definitely squirm. Wow. Yeah. No, not not thrilled about sorry. that. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Michael. Uh, happy Although that's entertaining. <laughs> I by the way, again, reminder the cardio miracle <laughs> webinar we did last night with Josh Hewlett. Oh, I, I'm so excited about Was it awesome? what we were able to reveal of his story. Full on MS diagnosis, lesions in the brain. 
Oof. And here he is 15 years later. Like, you know, but it didn't take 15 years to undo it. I'm telling you what we taught, what we learned. You guys got to watch that and share it because people that believe what their doctors tell them, you can't cure, fill in the blank, especially MS and neurological degradation. You're going to learn otherwise. And yeah, nitric oxide plays a role there. Oh, look at that. You got some vis visual on the uh, interview yesterday. Yes, I have. I have it. I that have the great. video. In yeah. fact, I'm thinking what I'll do is I'll upload it to Patreon first mm. um, for our Patreon members. And then I will. Uh, I love that idea. I'll yeah. send the email out to over the weekend. Thanks. And yeah. I keep inviting Michael Bolden to be a special guest on our AMAs. He's never available for that. It's like he's a busy the, the guy. Un unedited and unexpurgated Michael Bolden would be on. He could say stuff he can't say when he's on the show with us normally. Wait, I'm I'm supposed to be editing on this show? Wait, wait you're not? You mean this is the real you? This is all I got. <laughs> so lovable. So yeah, that's you want, cool. it, you want it to be trashy or something. Super D, you said that we've got Tracy Straup lined up for my Sunday conversation. Correct. Yeah, she'll be. She's uh, about twenty minutes from now. You guys are gonna connect and record for Sunday. Dude, I love her. Tracy's awesome. That's cool. It's funny because I message her and she's like, "Well, what did somebody cancel or something?" If she always says, "I'm that. like, no, nobody canceled," but yeah, you know, just trying to find somebody we haven't talked to in a while, and I was just like, "Ah, it's been a while since uh, we've had Tracy on the show." That's pretty cynical. Yeah. <laughs> the first response is, ah, did someone bail? Yeah. Why would you call me? Gonna, I'll get her for that. <laughs> yeah, the first thing you should say is like, oh, thank you for being here. You know, after that cancellation, we're so glad you were able to step <laughs> <in here. laughs> After, wait, three cancellations. And then <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you know, we didn't want to bother you to be the first backup. Right. Oh, my gosh. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's so funny. So do you have any other events coming up? Because it was so rare to hear that you were going out to one. I was so excited. Uh, when I think of you and events, it's just like party time. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a it was a 15-minute drive. Oh, okay. It was so close. So close. So close. And I I have a lot of old friends that I haven't seen in quite a while. In fact, someone who used to work with me, uh, I haven't seen her in like 10 years. Oh, nice. I happen to be there. Turns out she lives like five miles away from me. So, oh, that's cool. cool. How far are you from John Wayne Airport? Mm, 15 okay. minutes, 20 most. Yeah, like 15. It's close. Yeah, the Irvine area is nice. And that's actually the airport is basically where that event was. Okay, gotcha. That's how it's so convenient. Yeah. Very close to Mother's Market. Mother's, yes. Mesa. Used to hit that regularly. What's the name of that, that road that drives right by uh, the airport? The 405? No, the well, it's not. A I don't think it's a freeway. It's a, well, maybe it was a freeway. Jamboree? Yeah, maybe. I, I drove by that numerous times when I lived down there. Barranca? I remember, Jam I remember Jamboree. I remember Jamboree. Jamboree. I live right yeah. off of Jamboree. That's oh, do you like really? Main thoroughfares. Yeah. I do. I worked in... Uh, it, just sound, it sounds like a party, doesn't it? I worked in Irvine. Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Where? Yeah, it was a, a real estate office uh, that was, I can't remember the, what street it was on. It's been many, many huh. years. It yeah, was yeah. right next to a, a, a driving range like a, that they had okay. right there. And the office, it's, it was like a high-rise building. had a restaurant in the bottom. and all this, It was very fancy. Um, and then I guess I think they moved to Newport um, years later. But Even fancier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that Maybe is so hungry. cool. That Man's is so restaurant. cool. So we got yep. some kind of beef stew or something uh, my wife's making today. And uh, the carrots and the potatoes we grew. So we're still 
harvesting stuff from what we grew last season and greenhouse stuff. And of course the Swiss chard is still growing like crazy in our greenhouse too. So we had that last night with dinner, which was lovely and wonderful. I got to get back on making my bone broth. Uh, since the last time we, mm -hmm. uh, we hung out, I did, I was making it kind of regularly. I was making mm -hmm. a roast chicken every couple of weeks and then my own broth. And then my mother was in the hospital and Sarah's been sick and stuff. So I, I finally found uh, a local butcher where you can only, you put in an order a few days in advance and you go pick up your, your bones or whatever at the, um, at the farmer's market or various locations. So I've been saying, I want to get on that. I definitely should start that again soon. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Now it's I don't hard to find a good chuck roast. Yeah. Or like beef knuckles. I go to the grocery stores mm -hmm. and no one carries just the bones. It's no, I think you hard. have to go to an actual butcher. You do yeah. you do. Super, do you found a local butcher, didn't you? Oh yeah. 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 We had we had tri-tip last night. It was awesome. Oh, nice. Yeah. Tri-tip mushroom steak. Um, no. French it was, style? It was made of cow, like tri-tip <laughs> should be. <laughs> Bison would be a good try tip. They as have well. bison there too. I mm -hmm. love bison. I have not bought bison from there yet, but um, and it's all it's all local. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, get back to me as soon as you talk with Sarah about the visit because yep. I'm looking forward to seeing you for even if it's for a few hours. I don't mind, but whatever works, and uh, we'll have a grand old time. You know and, it. And then uh, in a couple of weeks, hopefully I'm not traveling. I could be. I don't know when our next uh, appearance is with you here on the show. Uh, but everybody check out the path. Or is it Pathway to Liberty? I mean, I'm, I can't remember Same. all those syllables. You know, actually, the, in two weeks is the weekend you're here. Oh, it is? Yep. So that, let's see, I'm flying in. So, yeah, I got to figure out if I'm going to broadcast live from that event or if it's going to be too insane and we're going to have to do a, an encore. When is the weekend you're traveling, Super D? It's after that. Um, end of, before the end of March. Here. So we might have some encores later in March. But I, I, I told Mike, um, uh, Michael, I told uh, Jonathan that I'd be happy to help him if he needs you know, help in Virginia later in the month after I do all these trips. So maybe I'll be out there too. I, I don't know. Stuff's evolving. Cool. But, uh, yeah. 22nd through the 25th. Oh, just That's before it. Easter. So, Nice. Are you doing a your beach trip or are you going for somewhere fun? That sounds fun. Um, See if he's paying attention. It's uh, it is I think going to the beach. If I remember, that correctly. sounds great. Yeah, awesome. Yep. So anyway, thank you all for being here and supporting the show and sharing the show. It's the biggest thing you can do besides being patron supporters and uh, keep encouraging Michael Bolden to come back. Uh, give them all the love. Like, I love the comments. Oh, yeah. I'm a patron whether I'm there or not. Yes. I just yes. got my receipt by email a couple oh, hours ago. Oh, Michael Bolden, yeah. you're amazing. My monthly first of the month. I'm definitely, I'm definitely on board. Oh, you are amazing. And uh, big, big hugs to Sarah. Sarah Beth, love her so much. You know, want, can't wait to see you guys. Really, I'm excited about that. As much as the Same. travel is, is a lot. Uh, when they said, I need you out, we need you in Anaheim. I'm like, oh, I could see Michael Bolden. I'll say yes. Heck yeah. So that was cool. Heck so yeah. Less than uh, 18 minutes from now, I got a, a recording. Actually, she needed to bump it uh, uh, to the top of the hour if you can oh, do that. Oh, okay. I'll give a little Woo. bit more. So yeah. I get a few more things I can get done in that time. That's and great. since she's playing backup, you can't really have too many demands on her. 
<laughs> All right, I got to roll. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Uh, I love thank I you. love being able to do this every couple of weeks. This is so great. Yes, sir. Tell your friends. Michael Bolden on the Robert Capel show. Makes it all so good. It's like pluck, adding pluck to the show. Just it's plucky. It's awesome. Wait, how do you what do you, how do you turn that thing off? Power to heal is yours. Yeah. You said it well. Yeah.